All right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q, and with me today, gracing the presence in the DTOM studios, is Christopher J. McGillicuddy himself. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. It's going good. All right, today... Um, <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Today we're bringing you another episode of the uh, DTOM files. Yeah. All right. I I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode we did with uh, Fox and well, Scully. <laughs> now, last episode we talked about JFK assassination. We gave our take mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about his brother. Right. Yep. Robert Francis Kennedy. But what we're doing, I don't know if you guys enjoyed this or not, but <clears throat> whatever, what? it's our show, we're doing it. <laughs> we had a good time doing yeah, it. Yeah, we had a good time. As you well can tell, if you listen to the whole show, especially into the third hour of the show, <laughs> we were we were feeling the uh, old fashions and the, um, the uh, what was it, the cherry vanilla, cherry vanilla Captain uh, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Right. So but, we, we had an idea. That we are going to start making getting drunk every Friday. Oh, getting, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start having a a drink of the show or or some sort of uh, drink themed around whatever show we're having. Right. We're gonna. So, kind of what my idea was when I was talking to Chris. You know, we were talking about JFK, and I was like, you know, what we should do doing these conspiracy theory shows. We should. If we're talking about JFK or RFK or whoever, whoever we decide to talk about going f- into the future, what was their drink of choice? Right. And I did a little background. I actually got a list of what each of the presidents pretty much drank. Um, of course. And JFK. Of course, we didn't know this at the time because we were right. just drinking old fashions because I've never had an old fashioned. Chris but, was trying to take advantage of it. But, of course, uh, Robert Kennedy wasn't ever a president, but nevertheless, he wasn't a big drinker either. Right. So, um, did the research on it. And it's it's pretty vanilla, boring stuff from the president. There was a couple of them that had some pretty good things that we'll try out if uh, we ever get what, to them. What did you find out about me? <laughs> uh, Bill uh, yeah. liked to indulge in the... Uh, uh, what was it? Hard cider and, and uh, lager. lager. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till we get him. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, most of them with. were pretty, pretty, um, pretty vanilla. basic. You know, yeah, I mean, not beer. that we're going to do a show necessarily about Clinton right. or Obama or whatever. Obama was pr- pretty much beer. Got right. the Colt, Colt forty five. <laughs> it was a lot of beer, a lot of uh, wines, wines, a lot of champagne, a lot of. So uh, what we decided to do is what we're what are we drinking today? So we're having Tom Collins today. The guy from Genesis? No, no, that would be Phil Collins. Oh, who's it's the guy that sang? Uh, it's it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. No, no, it's Tom Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Okay, <laughs> Tom Collins. So Tom Collins. Uh, for those that don't know, a Tom Collins consists of gin. Yes. Uh, simple syrup. Mm-hmm. Lemon juice. Right. Club soda. Okay. Minus the club soda that's on the floor in the kitchen. Minus the clean, yes. <laughs> we had a little uh, spill, a little uh, explosion, actually. Oh, my. <laughs> a lemon wedge and a cherry garnish. And the cherries we're using today are not just your regular maraschino cherries. Of course not. We went Old Smoky Mountain with the moonshine cherries because that's what we do. 
So uh, we're number two in. And the reason. Oh, okay. The yep. reason we're drinking these, just to give a brief brief uh, synopsis of why we'll go into it more detailed, I guess later, is because it was reported that on the day that Sirhan Sirhan shot uh, RFK, he had um, four Tom Collins. Four. Prior to four, four Tom Collins, and then if you if you guys know anything about Sirhan Sirhan, which you probably don't know this, but even if you just look at pictures of him, you could tell he's not a very big person, right? And you said he weighed 120 pounds, right? He was, he's five foot five, 120 pounds at the time. Okay, not a uh, drinker, right? And so the experiment. In the name of science. In the name of science. Trusting, trusting the science. Trusting the science. This is Dr. Fauci approved science stuff here, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I individually outweigh Mr. Sirhan by twice the amount and we're a few inches taller mm-hmm. than him also. Um, so we're going to drink at least four. four of these. A piece. And then we're going to see if we want to kill anybody later. No? Well, we're going to see what shape we are yeah. in. To, uh, well, it's interesting because, like you had said, we talked about this earlier. It was like, if, <clears throat> if this guy was 120 pounds, you know, we're 230 and 250 respectively, um, and drink. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, he wasn't a drinker. Right. We drink. Not that we're, like, alcoholics or anything. I mean, speaking for myself, anyway. <clears throat> no. <laughs> Joking. But, um, like you had said, this dude, was he building up the liquid courage to, to go out and do what he did? Well, it's one thing to go to the bar, take a shot of something to kind right, of... Just, woo. Right, just, Right. Yeah. It's another thing to get sauced and... <laughs> and then try and kill somebody, assassinate a potential president, right? right. Um, so. and, and with that being said, Chris, I'll say this about that. When he made the old fashions the two weeks ago, he um, has a heavy hand. He does not use a measuring cup. It's kind of like <laughs> bloop bloop bloop. Yep, that looks about right. Bloop bloop bloop. Yep, that looks about right. Cherry cherry cherry. Little moonshine on top of that. Sugar water. Was it good? It was good. Okay, I'm not, not fighting you on it. Okay. Well, we did make these to the bar standard, so this would be exactly what he was served right. at a bar. And we put them in Beetle's help glasses. Because I feel we're going to need some help. All right. Okay. With that being said, guys, today's show is brought to you by Maker's Mark. We're not drinking Maker's Mark today. We're drinking, was it Seagram's Gin and Juice? The Snoop Dogg would be proud. Yes. <laughs> hold <laughs> well, the juice. Hold the juice. Just the Seagram's <laughs> with whatever sugar water. And, right. Oh, sugar water. <laughs> How about sugar. that? Actual sugar water. <laughs> Actual sugar water and a moonshine cherry on top. All right. All right. Um... All right, guys, so much like we talked about, these shows are going to be based around conspiracy theories. And this is a this is an oddball one because this is Robert Kennedy. Now, everyone knows the basic story of what happened, right? Do you want to tell them? Okay, so um, under JFK, his brother Bobby was the attorney general. Right. Um, after... His brother was killed. Uh, he actually stepped down from being attorney general and went on to become the senator of New York. Okay. Uh, a lot of people said that after his brother died, he uh, 
kind of became like a more compassionate person. He, you know what I mean? Like he was always the little brother. Right. Um, and he had, you know, he had big shoes to fill. Obviously his brother died, uh, in the war. Right. Uh, and that was, uh, what was it, Joe Jr.? Joe, yeah, yeah, Joseph. And then, of course, his brother was president of the United States. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, he, he, he was really into, during his campaign, which, for the longest time, he, he wasn't even going to Right, because he was never really a political no. person, right. per se. Right. And he really didn't even want to run for president. Right. Because he, because he would be running against Johnson, who was the sitting president. Oddly enough, that's not entirely true. What's that? Johnson chose to not run. No, no, no. Johnson was the sitting president at the time. I know, but he chose not to seek re-election. But prior to. Right, right, They right. wanted him to, to run for uh, president. Oh, okay, okay. They were trying to get him to run for president. Okay. And he was saying, I'm not going to run against... Right, a sitting president that is in the same party that I'm. Right, right, right. So it took it took a lot of convincing, and it, it basically come down to the Vietnam War and his stance on the Vietnam War. Right, and you could kind of really see about the time he came out against Vietnam was no. the time that he was like, "Okay, we're doing this." Right, we're, you know, I'm going for, it. and then he kind of announced his his uh, candidacy. Now, after such time, Johnson said. I'm not running because he wasn't very popular. He wasn't popular, and he—I think he knew there was no way in hell. Plus, he faked the moon. Oh, uh, that's well, sure. not for nothing. <clears throat> this show, okay, a little inside baseball. Prior to Chris doing the research on RFK, mm-hmm. the idea of this particular show was going to be part Robert Kennedy and part moon landing conspiracy, right? So Chris has been doing research for two weeks now, <laughs> roughly. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was supposed to do the research on the moon landing. So he's telling me all this. Now, he hasn't really told me everything he's found. We've been kind of keeping it from each other just so we get a better reaction during the recording. Right. Um, which is fine. That's fine. I've done a little research just so I kind of don't look like a fool. And I'm like, Robert who? <laughs> he had a brother? Damn it. Didn't know that. <laughs> but um, so he tells me I got so much shit. So this is kind of how it's going to go. We're going to talk about Robert Kennedy. If it, However it goes, we, we don't really want to go three and a half hours like we did last time. Preferably not. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to – the show's about Robert Kennedy – if and chainsaws, yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but Robert Kennedy and chainsaws <laughs> and giving time, we'll get into the moon landing. I have a feeling that's not going to happen and that's fine. We'll just wait. We got research already for the next show. Okay. So anyway, so basically we've said this on the show before conspiracy theory, guys, you know, this it's an explanation for an event or situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister and powerful groups often politically motivated when other explanations are more probable the term has been a, has a negative connotation implying that it appeals uh, to conspiracy is based on prejudice or insufficient evidence and i'm not going to read a whole definition obviously we talked about this conspiracy theory the term was was coined by the cia you know around the time of the uh, kennedy assassination 
to basically de- debunk anybody questioning the government's official narrative. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we know nowadays, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to live in the 50s or the 60s, TV-wise, and, you know, you only had, what, like three channels, whatever. Right. Uh, or you, or you, and if you were fortunate enough to have a TV, if not, you listened to the radio and same situation. I think, not to make fun of that generation, I'll say that, because I don't want to disrespect anybody that might be of that generation. You guys are stupid. No. Um, (laughs) I think they were easily convinced of certain situations. Maybe not easily convinced, but they had no reason to distrust what they're being told. Well, that's kind of what I meant by that, because it was kind of like you you had no reason to believe the government would lie to you. Right. They're here to protect us. Why would they lie to us? Right. But exactly like we talked about um, on the last the last show, the JFK assassination with the Warren Commission and everything like that, that was the starting point for where people really started kind of to question, saying, what's going on here? Right. This is what you're telling us, and we're not buying it. Yeah, and it was simply, once you have a situation where gunfire is the motive operandus you have people that are just Joe Schmoes that might have shot a gun or were in the military or whatever and are like hey, I don't think that's possible <laughs> right. I, I, I've shot that gun that you know uh, Oswald yeah right. I, I've shot that gun there's no way in hell a subpar marksman is going to get that you know blah 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 and that's and then, of course, to debunk it, much like we see nowadays, anytime you go against the narrative, you're a racist or you're a white supremacist or you're an anti-vaxxer or conspiracy theorist. Right. <laughs> you know, so they find some kind of word for it. Right. So, okay. So, I think we should probably best start. Well, so anyways, he, he put his name in the hat to run uh, for president, which he, you know, was in the process of doing. Um, and he was in, uh, Cal- Los Angeles, California at the Ambassador Hotel, uh, June 5th, 1968. Uh, he had actually just won the, um, primary, the primary in California. So, you know, he got up, he gave a speech and, uh, right after his speech and, and this is the, uh, I'm, I'm, the I'm official narrative, the official narrative, um, <clears throat> it went backstage uh, they took him through the kitchen pantry area. Uh, he stopped to shake hands with... Uh, cook or something, right? Yeah, two, two of the kitchen workers. Um, and at such time, Sirhan... Uh, Sirhan, Bashar... Bashar? Bashan? Bashar. Oh, yeah, Bashar. Uh, Sirhan. Picard? Picard? No, it's not Captain Picard. Uh, stepped forward uh, and shot him four times, hitting him three times... And uh, wounding five others. Do you know where he was shot? He was shot uh, twice under the arm mm-hmm. and once behind the ear. Okay. That's important to me. Yes. But we'll get into that yeah. later. And we, I've actually got some pictures. Uh, oh, no. I'm going to send I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send them to you. You can post them in the show notes. We can put them on the Facebook group. We can do whatever you want to do. Right. We can use these pictures. And you can see there's actually a, a diagram that the LAPD came up with the angle and trajectories of the shots right for the official uh word but anyway so 
he shot him with a uh, 22 Ivor Johnson Cadet revolver, right. which is an eight-shot revolver. 22 caliber. 22 caliber. Uh, shot, fired all eight shots, three striking Kennedy, and five hitting the bystanders. Okay. What about the other five shots? Oh, I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, hold on one second. Let me grab your mic here. Now it's off. Is that better? Yeah. There okay. you go. Well, I'm just trying better. to make sure that it's it's not in the way so I can see what I'm reading. I know, but you're kind of like... Sorry. I wasn't making them sit outside, I swear to God. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, at such time, um, I believe it was the head maitre d' Carl Euchre grabbed or... Uh, like, I think he grabbed uh, Sirhan, kind of like slammed him into a table or whatever. Uh such time, uh, I think it was uh, three others joined in. It was author and writer George uh, Plimpton, former gold medal Olympic decathlete uh, Rafer Johnson, and former NFL player Rosie Greer. Mm-hmm. Rose- uh, Roosevelt. Isn't it Roosevelt Greer? Yeah, Rosie, Rosie Greer. Greer. I think he played for the Rams. Right. To uh, Essentially, Rosie bit him in half to... Uh, and and there's a there's a famous oh Rose Greer is a big dude yeah. he was a, yeah, he was a well, offensive lineman. or defensive lineman oh, some of a, them yeah lineman uh, and again we're talking about a guy that's five five 120 pounds right okay uh, there's a famous recording because there was no video at this time nobody was recording video of, of when this happened but they did have audio and uh, there's a famous audio of um, the, uh, the the report coming in and I I can't remember who the reporter was at the time. But he's, you can hear him saying, grab him, grab him, grab him, Rafer, break his thumb if you have to, you know, because, I mean, this dude was literally still pulling the trigger, still guns empty, and he's still Which is also it. important to right. the story. So, anyways, they wrestling down. Um, this time, you know, the assailant doesn't get away, um, and they take him into custody immediately. Uh, of course, very quiet. Doesn't say a word. I don't even think, you know, they're interviewing, they get him back to the police station. He's not, he's being interviewed, and I still don't think he's saying anything. He's not giving him his name. He's not saying anything. He's not saying why he did it. He's not proclaiming, you know, I killed blah, blah, blah. He's not, doesn't seem, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a true assassin, you know, I did it in the name of blah, blah, right. blah, and I killed, you know, whatever. He's, he's not saying it in anything. the name of Palestine. Yeah, yeah, he's not <laughs> saying anything. Um, it's only after. Uh, that it, they show his mugshot on the news, I believe. His brother sees his mugshot, that he goes down to the police station and identifies that this is my brother. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that is the official narrative. That uh, Is she right? Because <laughs> I know that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could. So... That's where we'll leave it. All right, guys, you have a great <laughs> Okay, so in the realm of a conspiracy, because there's not a whole lot. I mean, you really had to do some digging to find stuff, right? Um, it's not a popular conspiracy. It's not a. It's it's a popular conspiracy. It's not a popular. It's not a mainstream conspiracy. Maybe that's better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when we talk about conspiracies, we can name certain things, and people will be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, JFK, moon landing, uh, NASA killed Kennedy." Um, <laughs> well, I even told you that I thought that this 
this particular conspiracy was a lot more interesting than the JFK one. Right. Um, as, you know, but as we go on. It's interesting because um, much like I would assume, I don't know the relationship between Bobby and John Kennedy. I mean, I, I would assume it was relatively close. I don't think they were far away in age from each other. Um, <clears throat> he didn't want to be, like I said earlier, he didn't want to be in politics. He didn't want to be attorney general. He didn't want to be, but Kennedy, JFK wanted someone close that I think that he could trust. That he could trust, but but now um, Bobby as the AG, he was, and I I know that he was even referred to as a bulldog. Well, he was he a really good, went after organized crime, and he was a good attorney. Like I think he was part of the Department of Justice prior to this, right? But he he was really cracking down on organized crime. He was really going after the mafia. I know him. And Jimmy Hoffa really um, went at it. Went at it, and to the point where I think um, it was it was during his run uh, at, for you know for presidency or whatever that that Jimmy Hoffa was in jail, and the Teamsters came to um, Bobby and told you know said hey you know Jimmy's really his allergies are acting, you know what I mean? Like he was, he was stationed. I can't remember if it was the laundry room or something like that, but it was something about the conditions of where he was working. You know, it's really bad. And he's, he's having difficulties breathing and stuff. And, you know, Jimmy said that, you know, if, if you can get him, you know, uh, moved, moved or, or kind of like into a more cushy type deal, uh, he will contribute. I, I think it was five hundred thousand. It was either two hundred fifty or five hundred thousand dollars to your campaign, and uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> um, Robert Robert Kennedy's response to that was, "Is you know, oh, is that so? Is that what you know? Is that what he said? You go back and tell Jimmy that when I become president, he's never getting out of jail." <laughs> <laughs> so and. Bring in Sirhan Sirhan. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, join us in two weeks. No. <clears throat> well, he was a very no-nonsense. Well, yeah, he was a very no-nonsense, but he was very much on the side of... He wasn't political. He wasn't political, but he was very just. He was very right, the, the right thing to do. And he was very much into the civil rights movement um, from his time in New York. Right. I know he, he went and spent time in various areas of New York and and said, you know, these conditions, I can't, you know. Right. I had no idea. I had no idea it was this bad, you know. So Well, and I think, you know, one could say that probably had a lot to do with the Kennedy family in general. Um, and what happened. Like, you could say JFK was killed because by the, the mob. Like, we talked about that, mm -hmm. that they had something to do with it. Robert Kennedy... You make that statement when I'm president. Tell him when I'm president, he's never getting out of jail. Right. Well, there you go. We'll make sure you never become right. president. Well, it gives motive. Right. Mm -hmm. But even then, <clears throat> it's a situation. I I know we keep I keep bouncing back to JFK. It's a situation where was it one group of people? Was it um, a, a faction of people? Was it? you know, the mob's going to do this and the CIA is going to do that and LBJ is going to do this right. and so on and so forth. 
Well, <clears throat> and how does Sirhan Sirhan, the Palestinian Christian from Lebanon, <laughs> tie into all this? this? Right. Um, well, let's not forget that two months prior to his assassination, uh, we had another assassination, which was Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Um, in which case, I know, um, and I, I think I was—I actually told you about this—that um, when that was announced, Kennedy was giving a speech in, and I believe it was in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think you said it. And um, in a predominantly black neighborhood or right. black area. Right. And when he announced it, you know, it's just like you could—you could. You could and then uh, he went on to give a speech. Um, I, I, I wish I would have had that speech pulled up because it, I mean, it was a really good speech or whatever. But but needless to say, you know, he, he talked about um, just the injustices and, and everything like that. And he even went on to say, you know, you know, Martin Luther was killed by by a white man. My brother was also killed, but also by a white man. Right. So, you know, trying trying to show that. There's no um, inequality in in hate, you know, in hate, right? Essentially, um, you know, there, hate knows no, you know, what I mean. Like, there's no bounds, right. it's, Yeah, I mean, so and and I, I thought it was very interesting because they said in in a Indianapolis that I I have it here if you want to listen to it. Okay, I'm sure we're gonna get inundated with a commercial. Could you lower those signs, please? I have some very sad news for all of you, and that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible. You can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country in greater polarization. Black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand compassion and love. For those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act, 
against all white people. I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. So <clears throat> now understand that that you know that was impromptu. Yeah, that he he didn't have that speech was not written. That was straight from, from the heart. Yeah, I mean, because the beginning of that did do they know what happened to Martin Luther yeah, King? Because it was just announced, right? Um, says here, April fourth, sixty eight. RFK announced the death of Martin Luther King Jr. to a majority black crowd in an in Indianapolis park. His impromptu speech was regarded as one of the most powerful and important addresses in American history. Well, it went on to say that there were no riots in right. Indianapolis that night. Now, fast forward to today, and if, God forbid, something like this, I mean, <laughs> and I don't even want <laughs> how can I say this without being bad? Well... Martin Luther King, or let me let me restart this. Uh, George Floyd is no Martin Luther King. No, contrary to popular opinion, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Martin Luther King, in my opinion, was a very great man. I mean, I'm sure he had his indiscretions, just like any other man on this earth had. Uh, I don't think those indiscretions involve smoking crack or fentanyl. Or beating pregnant women down. <laughs> but if any time there would have been a time to riot and go ape, you know, go crazy, burn neighbor, you know, whatever, right. that would have been it. Right. You know, because I'm pretty sure there was riots in Memphis and whatever. So I mean, right. you get it. When you see the things that happen nowadays to uh, George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery, these different situations, equally all terrible in the situation, but hopefully people start to learn that these situations, especially nowadays, have nothing to do with black, white cop doing whatever to a black person. That's just what you hear about. That's right. just the... That's the what the media... Yeah, the news media right. wants to do that to create the division. We've talked about this time and time and time again. Right. To, if people would get past what they see on TV and and not see it as, oh, this is news. Uh, a cop in Minneapolis, you know, choked out a black dude. Okay, yeah, he did. I guarantee you at the same time there was a white cop or a black cop choking out a white kid. <laughs> you just didn't hear about it. Right. But anyway. Well. Uh, yeah. You can. You can, <laughs> you can clearly, um, just just from that speech alone, you can tell that he had his brother's, um, what, charisma. Right. Uh, you know, even though he was obviously reluctant, he, he clearly had um, that Kennedy... Swagger. <laughs> right. So, anyway. Um, so, I guess, how do you want to, uh, uh, how do you want to approach this? How do you want to go into, because we, we've given the official narrative. We've kind of told a little bit of background of, of RFK. Uh, where do you want to jump in? Uh, I, you, uh, you lead the way. <laughs> okay. 
So, um, oh, I don't want to go that way. No. <laughs> okay, we'll go this way then. Um, so, right after his speech, uh, I, I, like I said, he he went backstage and was led by the uh, I, I believe he was the assistant head maitre d, which was Carl Euchre. Uh, was leading him through the pantry. Now Bob Euchre's dad. Right. No. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, when we say we're le- he's leading him through well, the pantry kitchen area. Can I add, ask a question? Sure. And I know the answer. Okay. But well, um, why are you asking? Well, for the audience. <laughs> uh, you said there was a football player, a, a decaf. Uh, uh, what was a it? Decathlete. Decathlete, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But no Secret Service, no... I think there was one FBI agent, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Kennedy was very... Uh, Robert Kennedy um, was very big on he did not want bodyguards. Mm-hmm. He did not want police presence because he actually did not trust uh, the police department, the LAPD. Right. Uh, it was very, and this was before Rodney King. Yeah, this was before Rodney. It was. It was. There was a lot of a lot of rumor, a lot of um, thought that there was a lot of corruption, corruption within the department. So he he didn't want police presence. It means he wasn't a. He was a presidential candidate, but he wasn't. <clears throat> It was er, it was relatively, relatively early in in the he in the running. He was just a senator, right? So he didn't have the protection. He didn't right. have the Secret Service. Like. So the people that he brought in essentially were to was like crowd control, right? Just to keep the people off of, him. right? All right. So much point that I'm going to tell you that on the night that he was shot, the operator at the Ambassador Hotel called the de- police department. And she's saying, we need the police to come here. And he's saying, well, what for? Well, I don't know. They're, they're asking for the police. They're asking for it. They're even asking for an ambulance. And he goes, the guy that she's talking to from the LAPD is saying, well, we need to know what we're coming for because we can't just dispatch. We need to know the reason why we're coming. Well, okay, hold, please. You know, and the operator, she comes back. She says, um, someone's been shot. And the guy goes, and she goes, it's, look, it's it's mad, it's a madhouse here. It's pandemonium. You know, we have Senator Kennedy here. And the guy responded, uh, who cares? <laughs> right? So yeah. this tells you already the relationship between the LAPD and, and, and him. And him. Um, so, you know, then, then she comes back on and says that it's Senator Kennedy. Senator Kennedy's been shot. And the guy says, oh, great. So just kind of like, well, here we go here we again. Go again right? yeah. So that was the response of the operator calling in right. to the LAPD to to um, get someone out there. Well, <clears throat> another interesting fact that I, you know, like I said, I didn't do a ton of research on mm-hmm. this because I knew you were doing a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the path, like, okay, he got done doing a speech, mm-hmm. and then they cut him through the kitchen, but originally... That yeah, that was a decision I think that was made at the last minute, right? To take him through, uh, they figured like it would be the less mobbed 
Now, granted, when I say they're going through the kitchen pantry, it's not like there wasn't anybody in the yeah, kitchen pantry. There was tons of people. And, in, yeah. well, no, no, no. But I'm just talking about normal people. There were tons of reporters. There were tons. Right. Of, they had filled that kitchen up. They knew he was coming through. You right. know what I mean? Like, and um, so on his way through, like I said, he was being led by the uh, uh, Carl Euchre. Uh, he stopped to shake hands with two workers. The last person he shook hands with was a busboy. His name was Ron, Ron, Juan Romero. And uh, just after, and it depends, it, there's conflicting reports. Some right. say that he was shaking hands with him when he was shot. Some say that he had just finished shaking hands and actually had turned to face uh, Sir Hammond. Sorry. All right. Um, which is important because of where he was shot. Right. So if he was facing him. How did he get shot behind the exactly. ear or whatever? And and I'm going to say this about that. Even if. Um, well, okay. So coroner Thomas Noguchi, who performed the autopsy on the body, uh, which everybody pretty much says was a, a, a flawless autopsy. Right. Right. So there was no magic no, bullet found. Well, in no <laughs> hijinks like his brother where they had um, incisions and insertions and cover-ups and some, right. of the, some of the things that they did. Like this guy did a, and he concluded that the fatal shot that was fired uh, was from a distance of one in one to three inches uh, behind his right ear. Okay, and then that went up into his brain, fragmented right. or whatever. Um, I just want to say real quick, something that I forgot to mention. After he was shot, um, Kennedy fell backwards, and he was actually laying on the ground. Now, there are photos of him laying on the ground or whatever, and um, I think it was... It was I think it was one of the waiters or one of the, it, may, it might have even been the, but one of, it, it wasn't, it was like a staff member or whatever right. was kind of over the body or whatever. But he actually asked, is everyone else okay? So this dude was laying there pretty much. I, I would assume he knew he was going to die. You don't get shot in the brain and think, yeah, I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. Is everyone, <laughs> you guys, you good? But, but his thought was, is everyone else right. okay? Um, Anyway, needless to say, the fatal shot was from one to three inches, so much so he had powder burn. So clearly the, uh, the shot was close uh, behind the ear. Now, most of the witnesses, and, and take witness testimony for what you will. Right. Because I will say this about witness testimony is very suspect because what I perceive, what you perceive, what she perceives, what he perceives over there, we're all standing in different angles. So we're all going to perceive the same thing, but in a different way. Right. And it could be even a situation where, Hey, how tall do you think that guy is? Oh, well, he's clearly six foot. Oh, he's five, eight. Oh no, he's, He's five eleven and a half. You know, <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying. There's there's people out there, and you're going to have varying opinions on your point of view. Witness testimony is very suspect, and if you if you actually um, 
talk to a police officer or an investigator of some kind, they'll tell you that that is the furthest thing. Witness testimony is, eyewitness testimony is by far the least credible because it's all how things are perceived. Um, But most, most of the witnesses that were there, now granted, understand that you got a guy in there firing gunshots, people are probably ducking and covering, running, doing whatever they can. You know what I mean? Right. But most of them put uh, Sirhan at least two to five feet away from Kennedy. Okay? Right. Um, so, I guess the first question becomes, how can you have a shot so close when he clearly did not get that close. And I understand, again, eyewitness testimony, perception, whatever. Most, if not all, and now this is according to Carl Euchre, who was leading Kennedy. Okay, now he had his back to Sirhan when he uh, approached. approached, Okay. Um. Busboy Ron, uh, Juan, <laughs> why do I keep Juan Romero, who had just finished shaking hands with Kennedy, okay, and waiter Martin Petruski all say that Kennedy had actually finished shaking hands and had turned away, which means he would have been facing him, right? Okay, um. Next, I want to take a look at the angle of the shots. So we said two of the shots come underneath Kennedy's arm. Now, if you would say Kennedy was still shaking hands, it makes a little more sense to me that he would be shot under his right arm twice. He was actually shot at, uh, he was actually hit four times. Well, four shots hit Kennedy. How do I want to say this? Four shots at Kennedy, three of them hit. Right. One went through his shoulder pad. Okay. Okay. And they they according to the official narrative, I think they said that the one that went through the shoulder pad that now we had five other people struck. Uh we had um Ira Goldstein who I believe was shot in the stomach. We had um Erwin Stroll who I believe was shot in the leg if I'm not mistaken. I I, I Elizabeth Evans uh got shot in the head. William Weisel, I have no, I, I, I can't remember <laughs> where he got hit, but and Paul Schrade. Now Paul Schrade was actually behind Kennedy, right? And he got shot in the head. And they're thinking that the one that went through his shoulder ricocheted. pad, well, not ricocheted, went through his shoulder pad, so it actually never made contact with Kennedy. And that's actually the one that that ended up in Paul Schrade, right? Uh, Paul Schrade's head. Um. Now the the angle of the shots that hit Kennedy underneath his arm. Okay. Because we're not talking about these were dead on. We're talking about these are angled uh, up. Right. Now we're saying Sirhan is five, five. So I get it. He's, he's a smaller guy, smaller stature. Right. Uh, even so he would have had to been kneeling for the angle to be proper. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And chances of, of Sirhan pulling a Matrix-style move and sliding up underneath these people. But... Well, you know what kills me? 
is I'm trying to, I can't find the information, and maybe you know this. Is is Sirhan Sirhan right or left-handed? I do not know. I'm, I would assume that he's right-handed. You would assume that, but where were the shots? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a very interesting question. You know, I never, it never even occurred to me to... Because uh, to be shot on the right side of of Kennedy's body, right? You said two under the arm on the on the right side and behind the right ear, he would have to be left-handed or at least holding a gun in his left hand. Right. So uh, I know the, the, the folks at home can't see it, but this is an actual diagram. This is the official LAPD version of the diagram of the trajectories of the bullets. Right. Okay. Um, is that the one that's angled down? Is that the one that went behind his head? Well, so here you go. So that's actually a guy with rods inserted into Kennedy's jacket to show the trajectory of the of the bullets. So no, no, no. Each, each of those were actually they retrieved from Kennedy's body. Right, and that's the angles. But ups. it shows the angles up. I mean, so that's like a freaking twenty degree angle. It's almost like from shooting, <clears throat> you know, like from your hip. That's what I'm saying. You know, so he would have had to have been down on the ground, damn near. And shooting yeah. left-handed. Right. Mm. Because, mm. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I'm going to shoot you in your right side, I'm holding the gun in my left hand. See, grab grab that twenty two revolver I got sitting there. I'll show you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Is it loaded? Is it unlo- I'm not checking. I don't yeah. care. I'm no, we're, we're going we're gonna to Alec Baldwin this one. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see the trajectories of what I'm talking about. Right. How, how, what an angle it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like... Damn near right. 90 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like almost straight up. And and again, we'll post these pictures for people to be able to see. <laughs> well, I want to interrupt you for just a second. Uh, Tom Collins drinks. Calling. We're, we're two in, mm-hmm. or you're two in. I'm almost two in. Lightweight. I'm sorry. Um, right now, I don't think I could shoot a gun. <laughs> so... We'll get into that some more. I think it's questionable whether you can even do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's without drinking. Oh. Wait, I said that to myself. All right. So with that being said, okay. we're gonna take a little break. Okay. Cause uh uh I gotta take a piss. Okay. And then we need to get a refill. Okay. And we'll be back on the backside of this. Uh you're listening to D Tom Files, the RFK assassination. We'll be back in just a second, guys. All right, guys, we're back. Took a little, <clears throat> not that you will know this, but we took a little break. And uh, we got a refill. Um, disposed of some of the Tom Collins, I guess. Good way to put it. So we're on number three. Number three. How you feeling, buddy? I don't think I feel like killing anybody. <laughs> I feel real chill. Right. You know, like I just want to watch some X-Files for some reason. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right all right so we're we're zipping around the room here um uh, something that i should have brought up before is that the ammunition that was used these were 22 caliber hollow point bullets okay nope. um for anybody that hasn't shot a gun i know you have once or twice um hollow points have a tendency the reason why they're used is because they have a tendency to stay in the person that's shot. Right. They fragment and they mushroom. Right. Uh, which explains why when it uh, this this 
particular bullet entered Kennedy's, you know, was shot behind the ear. It fragmented into his brain. Right. Okay. So, um, so we've got an eight-shot revolver, right? And we've got all shades, all, <laughs> all eight shots accounted for. Okay. This is number three, right? Number three. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, three hit Kennedy. Right. We have one in Ira Goldstein, so that's four. Okay. One in Ira, uh, Irwin Stroll, that's five. Right. One in Elizabeth Evans, that's six. One in William Weitzel, that's seven. And one in Paul Schrade, that's eight. So we have all eight bullets accounted for, right? Okay. Okay. So at the same time, what we also have, and again, I've got the pictures. I'll, I will give them to you to um, post up in the show notes or on the To destroy the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> but there are pictures of bullet holes in the panels, the door panels, uh, to the point where there are pictures. They're circled, marked, and they're marked with initials. Anybody that's looking at them. They're marked with initials, kind of like letter, number, type sequence. Right. That's the badge number of the officer or the signature of the officer that Found recorded it. it. Right. Um, there are also bullet holes in the ceiling panels. Now, one in particular, this is, this, <laughs> this is how they theorized it, was shot up in through the ceiling panel. Right. Hit the concrete floor above, ricocheted off, and then came back down, and uh, that's the shot that hit Elizabeth Williams in the head. The Full Metal Jackets. Elizabeth Evans, I'm sorry. The Full Metal Jackets, right? <laughs> the Hollow Point. Oh, right. Wait. Yeah. <clears throat> Hollow Point uh, 22 mm-hmm. hit a concrete floor went went through a ceiling went panel. through a ceiling panel hit a concrete floor ricocheted i'm assuming if i remember the pictures correctly it wasn't like being in a house where you have like an eight foot tall ceiling it was like a a, a room right probably had 10 12 like foot room. yeah right. mm-hmm. uh hit <laughs> went through the you know the the ceiling panels hit the concrete ricocheted back down and hit this lady and hit this head. lady in the right cool Makes sense, right? Cool. And Oswald got three shots off in how long? <laughs> Six seconds. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> um, so needless to say, all eight, shot, all eight shots accounted for because they were retrieved from Panel. victims. Right, victims. Right. right. So we have at least two bullet holes. At least. I actually think there were more, but at least two bullet holes in the... the um, door panels right which oddly enough i mean correct me if i'm wrong but didn't i read a story where they've they had destroyed oh yeah the yeah so the door frames were removed right uh the ceiling panels were removed they were destroyed by the lapd i think it was i'm wanting to think it wasn't a very long it was like six six months later right six to eight months later were destroyed by the LAPD because they said they held no evidentiary value. But they held s- historical value. Well, one could make that argument. Yeah. 
What would be the purpose of destroying? Okay, I get it. You own the hotel, whatever. You don't want bullet holes in your shit. I well, get. I understand that. Well, but yeah, but what were, would be the purpose of destroying that evidence? Well, those weren't the. That wasn't the only evidence destroyed by the. LAPD. Well, I'm just saying, but, but this in particular. I don't know. They 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 deemed that they were not bullet holes. They they deemed that they were uh, from waiters bumping into the door frame with with metal trays. Is what had caused these. What? <laughs> I'm like that dude on TikTok. What? <laughs> these perfectly round. Now. <laughs> what? Look. I'm going to say this about that. Whether you feel like there was a conspiracy to kill uh, Robert Kennedy or you feel like Sirhan Sirhan actually did this, the fact that the LEPD bungled this investigation thoroughly. It's not shocking. It's, it's not shocking, but it's like there's no way around that. Well, much in the guides of Oswald, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Oswald had nothing to do with Kennedy getting killed. I'm not saying that Sirhan Sirhan wasn't, I mean, he was obviously there. Right. He obviously had a gun, fired said gun, whatever, whatever. Was he the only person? Was did he just, for whatever reason, say you know what? Today seems like a good day to go kill somebody, <laughs> right? Because who does that? Right. I mean, well, other than the people in this room, who does that? <laughs> well, this is from um, Officer uh, Daniel Jensen, who was one of the uh, the officers that was there that night. Okay. Uh. When he was recalling it, he said um, they were kind of talking about it, right? He said, uh, uh, next night at roll call. Now, remember, this is just a bunch of cops sitting around talking. That's when the discussion came up of a second gun. And this is after the fact. This is after the fact, yes. Well, this is the next night. This was the the next night after. After he was shot. Right. And he says, I don't remember exactly... They found one or two mini bullet holes. The guy had a twenty-two, and it was a seven-shot or a nine-shot, but there were there <laughs> were was too neither. many bullet holes. Right, and and uh, the guy that was interviewing him said, you know, sir, handgun held eight, eight shots. So that means if he had eight, they found like ten, the way I recall. There were two too many bullet holes. But remember, I'm hearing all this stuff, locker room talk. You know, grabbed by the pussy. Oh, um, <laughs> was Trump there? <laughs> grabbed by the pussy. And one of the officers saying... <laughs> what was that? Shut up. One of the officers <laughs> saying the security guard had a twenty two, Right. Which is unusual gun to carry. And the cops started speculating. You know what? I bet he capped off some rounds. Yeah, because... I mean, not for nothing. We both have a twenty two rifle. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And we like to go plinking, as they call it, right? Because right. Mm-hmm. they're fun to shoot. Because, you know, it's not much recoil. It's kind of like ping, ping, ping. You know, it's like, hey, it's fun to shoot, whatever, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, my personal opinion on the twenty two on a on a twenty two handgun, like I have a revolver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Touche. <laughs> Tom's Collin mix, right? <laughs> 22 revolver right there. Mm-hmm. I've never shot it. Right. I do have... Do I still have it? I, 
I used to. I don't know if I still. I mean, I don't give a shit. They know what I got. Whatever. Right. Um, I used to have a an M and P uh, magazine load at twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like shooting a BB gun. Right. In my mind, I couldn't imagine. Okay, if I'm going to go kill somebody, that I would use a twenty two. I don't give a shit if it's hollow points or not. Now I know the the mobs gun of choice is a twenty two. The idea of it being a revolver, I get because you don't have to police your brass. Right. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Just me personally, if I'm going to kill somebody, especially if at close range, I'm grabbing at least a nine millimeter, if not a forty. Right. That's going to really do some damage. But anyway, I'm sorry. No, never. Nevertheless, I was just thinking about what up. Oh, but, never mind. But but the point of what he was discussing there, which is a person that we haven't brought up yet. Okay. So this is the office, the other officer, right? Th- this was an officer that worked the case. That was that was there. He's he's talking about like the locker room talk around the right precinct, the the squad room, right? So one of the people that we didn't talk about being there. With uh, Kennedy was a man by the name of Thane Eugene Caesar. <laughs> a two Caesar. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about Mister Caesar? Uh, Julius. No. No, I don't know. The only Caesar I know is Little and Julius. Okay, so <clears throat> Thane Caesar was a um, bodyguard. Well, I say bodyguard. He was worked for a security company. Okay. And he was a last-minute add-on to Kennedy's detail. And again, remember I told you, Kennedy didn't want bodyguards. He wanted crowd control. He just wanted people there to kind of keep the the crowds back so he could pass through, you know, clear a path. Well, if you order, give me some crazy bread. (laughs) So Caesar was behind Kennedy to his right. Okay, so you're imagining them walking through. Okay. Okay, you've got Carl Euchre in front. Okay. And he's kind of leading Kennedy through the pantry. Now, this was the uh, the waiter. The, uh, Carl Euchre was the maitre d'. Maitre d', okay. Right. So he's leading him through the kitchen pantry area. Okay. Uh, Thane Caesar would have been behind Kennedy slightly to his right. Kind of, He was kind of like had his elbow. Okay. Right. And so every time he'd stop, you know, this dude's right there with him, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So this is the guy directly. On his right side. Uh, directly behind him. But I'm just saying on the side he got. Yeah, more okay. or less. More right. or less. I got you. Okay. But this dude, this dude is right behind him. Okay. So now he was interviewed afterwards. And I think at first, the first interview he, he said he, he didn't pull his revolver. Okay. Okay. And then I think after a couple of later on, his story changed to he actually did pull his revolver. You know, it's kind of hazy once again. You know, same thing about eyewitness testimony. Who knows? But I know there were a couple of people that actually stepped up and said. And as a matter of fact, one of those people were uh, Don Shulman. Okay. Don Shula was there. (laughs) Don Shula. He, uh, He flashed his Super Bowl ring. And, uh, this was before. Well, oh, so. never mind. Anyway, <clears throat> no, uh, Don Schulman. Okay. Okay. And he says, okay, I was standing behind Kennedy as he was 
taking his assigned route into the kitchen. A Caucasian gentleman stepped out and fired three times. So I'm assuming he's talking about Sirhan. He said Caucasian gentleman. I don't know how he got Caucasian, but nevertheless. The security guard hit Kennedy all three times. This is this is according to Don Schulman. So take this for what you will. This is this is what he's saying. This is he's talking to a reporter. So the reporter says, I'm talking to Don Schulman. Don, can you can you give us a halfway detailed report on what happened in all this chaos? Don Schulman. Okay, I was standing behind Kennedy as he was taking his assigned route into the kitchen. A Caucasian gentleman stepped out and fired three times. The security guard hit Kennedy all three times. Mr. Kennedy slumped to the floor. As they carried him away, the security guards fired back. I heard about six or seven shots in succession. So he's saying three. Then he heard six to seven in succession. Now this is reporter. Now this is the security guard firing back. Shulman. Yes, the man stepped out and fired three times at Kennedy, hit him all three times, and the security guards then fired back. Okay? hmm Now, according to testimony that, or I say testimony, because he was actually never called right. during Sir Hines' trial, believe it or not. Shocking. This is the guy that was closest to Kennedy. Right. Was never called in the trial of Sirhan Sirhan. Hmm. Um, he says, I told you first, he said he didn't even pull his revolver. Second, then he kind of said, well, I, I did, but I never fired it. Right. Gave his statement about what happened, what he saw. He was never checked to see if his revolver was pulled right. or, or fired, fired. I'm sorry. Right. Was never checked for gunpowder <clears throat> residue to see if, if he fired his weapon. He said he was carrying a thirty-eight. Uh, Snub nose. He was carrying a thirty-eight Rom revolver. Rom, R O H M. Have mm-hmm. you heard that? Mm-hmm. Rom. Okay. Well, here's the weird thing about that. Once again, never check to see what revolver he was carrying. Right. What the caliber? What brand? Whatever. Nothing. They took him at face value, exactly what he said. This is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. You're good to go. (laughs) Cool. Okay. So, here's the strange thing. So, Caesar acknowledged that he also owned a twenty-two, but didn't have it with him on that fateful day. However, his comments on that weapon provoked more controversy. At the ambassador, Thane Caesar reported to Fred Murphy, the ace commander, and a former LAPD lieutenant, and William Gardner, the hotel's chief of security. I'm on the right side of him, Caesar told. And what I'm doing is I'm taking my hand and pushing people back because Kennedy is having a hard time walking forward. He saw flashes and reached for his gun. Now, this is in the book from uh, Dan Moldea, by the way. Okay. Caesar told the LAPD that Kennedy was two feet from Sirhan's gun. According to Medea's book, several witnesses saw Caesar with the gun in his hand. Okay, so this this is where it kind of changes now, where he said, well, I didn't even pull my gun. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I did pull my gun, okay? Something that <clears throat> you would think you would 
remember. You would think. Uh, so Caesar told he was two feet away from Sirhan's gun. So once again, here's a report from the guy that was the closest to Kennedy, and he's still saying Sirhan was two feet away from Kennedy's. Okay? Right. One said he was pointing it. Uh, let's see. Several witnesses saw Caesar with the gun in his hand. One said he was pointing it down in Kennedy's general direction. And another expressed relief that Caesar had not fired at Sirhan. Caesar has denied firing his weapon. He was interviewed within minutes of the shooting by John Marshall, a radio radio reporter, and said, I was there holding his arm when they shot him. And as he, Kennedy, walked up, the guy pulled a gun and shot him. He said that he was on Kennedy's right side, and he reached for his gun, but it was too late. The police at the scene did not examine Caesar's gun. Hmm. Okay? Now... Curiously, Caesar had sold his twenty-two, or claimed to have sold his twenty-two, months before the assassination. <laughs> it was actually found out that he sold it to a co-worker weeks after the assassination. Uh, as a matter of fact, the the gentleman that I believe he sold it to actually had the bill of sale, right, showing that it was after the date. Okay. Okay. Now, Thane Eugene Caesar is a is a very popular. Um, thought of person that maybe possibly could have been the true Shoot. killer. Right. I will say this about that so much so that Robert Kennedy Jr. actually believes that this is the person who shot his father. Um, he he actually gave an interview and, and I referenced the book by Dan Moldea. He actually went into. Are you okay? You need a break? <laughs> Dan Maldea actually went into writing his book right. with the assumption that Caesar was the killer. Caesar was the actual person that shot him. And through uh, interviewing uh, officers and through interviewing Caesar himself, uh, he came away saying that he didn't think that Caesar was guilty. He actually gave him a polygraph. I think Caesar passed the polygraph or whatever, and so he pretty much... Through his interview or whatever, he said he just seemed genuine and honest, and like he but, he had he, he didn't do it. But being he was a cop, right? He wasn't a cop; he was a security guard. Okay. So glad you asked that question. Okay. Do you know where else he happened to work? And this is this is just going out of the realm of. But do you know where he happened to work? McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> An answer. So he actually worked. He was an employee in a classified section of Lockheed hmm. Burbank's facility okay. there in California. Interesting. <laughs> As a security guard or? <laughs> classified section. Hmm. Interesting. He could have been the janitor. <laughs> he could have been building top secret stuff. I'd say probably as a security guard. Right. Would be my guess. Now, in an interview that he gave, he—he's uh, a very interesting guy, right? I will say, uh, he made no bones about the fact that he didn't like the Kennedys. He thought they were crooks. He thought that um, they, both Jack and Robert, had sold uh, the country down the river to 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 the. He said they were commies. 
They'd sold the country to Russia and and all these other things. Talking about Trump? No, no. <laughs> talking about the Kennedys. Oh, okay. Um, he sounds very um, um, hateful. Yeah, hateful of Democrats in general. Okay. He, I think he even made the comment. Well, you know, he, is he, he on well, the show they're, today? They're, they're Democrats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's why you know. Well, who did you vote for? Well, I voted for George. To the point where he admitted to voting for George Wallace. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is a very interesting guy. He made no bones about it. He wasn't even apologetically... He was a bigot. He was a racist. He was... Right. Right. He was He was as far right-wing nut as you could possibly get at the time. Was he at the Capitol January 6th? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead. No, you're fine. So... But anyways, this is this is a very popular theory. He's a very popular guy. Uh, I know Dan Moldea came away from his time, his interviews and stuff, where he said he didn't believe that Thane Caesar did it. I could very much see a situation, and now this is just me theorizing, that he might have pulled his his revolver right. and accidentally shot Kennedy in trying to... Well, <laughs> because, because we're not talking about a, we're not talking about a trained police officer here, right? But just just um, ballistically speaking, mm-hmm. if if I'm Sirhan Sirhan, okay, okay, and you're Kennedy, mm-hmm. and we're right now sitting roughly two feet apart, okay, right? Mm-hmm. How in the hell we're? I mean, I don't know how tall Kennedy is, was, whatever versus, um. Sirhan Sirhan, but nonetheless, I don't think Kennedy was an incredibly tall man. At best, he was six foot tall, right? You looking that up? Like you said earlier, Sirhan Sirhan would have been having to do, number one, he would have had to have the gun in his left hand. So Robert Kennedy was five foot nine. Okay, so a few inches taller. Okay. Right? You said he was five five, the other one? Mm-hmm. So four inches taller, two feet apart. So roughly this far apart from from each other, mm-hmm. roughly I mean even just sit, we're both sitting, but I'm probably sitting four inches lower than you, right? I would have to be move the mic over here. I'd have to be over here, in gun in left hand. Okay, well uh, even even but well hold on but come back with me, Mike. <laughs> but the other dude, what was his name again? Thane Eugene Caesar. That guy mm-hmm. Caesar. Was right there, right behind, Kennedy. right on that side, on that side. where he could have easily pulled his weapon. So and pop, pop, pop. So even now, not to say that Sirhan Sirhan didn't shoot empty his barrel, his his revolver, but in a fit of commotion, mm-hmm. just pop, 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 pop. Mm-hmm. You know, just well, let understand just ride. He- and and it I know I know the account from Carl uh, Carl Euchre has changed. He he in the most official version he said that Kennedy I mean I'm sorry Sirhan got off two shots before he grabbed his wrist and you know kind of like slammed him onto the table or but whatever. But even so, two, if he was right-handed three. and he got off two, three, four, five, however many shots mm-hmm. prior to someone tackling him or whatever, is he's still over here? Right now, even if you're saying for the sake of doubt or for the benefit of doubt 
Kennedy was still shaking hands. So now I'm yeah. Now if he's turned side, this way so and now he's I'm over turning here, to the side, you're facing me. Oh, let me get the gun to make it more well, realistic. But, but you're still two feet away from me, <laughs> and I'm only four inches shorter than you. Now, not down here on the floor like I'm fucking <laughs> some damn. <laughs> but understand that you also still have to contend with Carl Euchre is still in, in front, front of, of you. me. So. Reports are that he reached around. Oh, now, once yeah. Again, <laughs> Jesus. He reached around Carl Euchre. You keep to saying shoot, it. To shoot Kennedy. But he would have reached around this way. And even at that angle, even if your turn, okay, so your turn that way. You're shaking whoever's okay, or, hand. Okay, well, let's No, see. well, let's say you're, 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 you're Kennedy. You're turning. You're already looking this way. Okay. Carl Euchre's right here. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the audience at home, you can't okay. see what we're doing. But I'm reaching around him, assuming, assuming he's right-handed, because we don't know that for fact. I, I'm thinking from the from the the recreations and the diagrams that I've seen that Sirhan is right-handed. right-handed. Okay, so I'm reaching around a gentleman to okay. shoot you. I'm still getting you here. Whereas if the gun's in my left hand, it, it makes more sense. But, you're but still... it also makes a hell of a lot more sense that the person standing right there just capped three rounds into your fucking body. <laughs> because should... he could easily, not without standing up, because obviously this isn't a visual show. This is you and I talking. Right. But if I'm a Caesar and I'm my job is to kill you, Mr. Kennedy, and <laughs> those shots went bam, 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 I'm to your well. I'm, bam, 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 bam. I'm to your yes. to your right. It's easily, like I said, not to say Sirhan Sirhan didn't have anything to do with this, right? But much in the guides of of uh, shit, uh, Oswald was he a patsy? Was he drunk? Yes, on the Tom Collins because <laughs> we're two and a half in, and I'm feeling every fucking bit of that. <laughs> But did he, was he a patsy? Was, okay, listen, this is what you have to do, blah, 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 whatever. You know, you do what you got to do. We're going to make sure he gets killed, you know. And I know we got to get into a particular lady that was there too. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, my thing is, if I'm Caesar, let's say, I I don't even want to say he's orchestrating Anything? Because well, and that's why I'm coming from it from an aspect. Let's not say that Thane Caesar set out, or he was paid to, I, or he's part of the conspiracy. Nothing like that. Let's well, just just let's let's go. Uh, Occam's Razor. Simplest explanation is the easiest. This dude was just, a was a last minute security add on. Right. Sirhan steps out, starts firing. Right. This dude automatically. I'm going to my revolver. Pulls it, and in the process of pulling it, shoots. So, when you say Caesar, you meant Barney Fife. <laughs> Look, I'm saying in the heat of the moment, we're not talking about a trained officer. We're right. not talking no, about somebody that... But I'm just looking... Forget about all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the... I'm going to mess this word up because the trajectory... That word. Of the bullets, based on where... Sirhan Sirhan was standing versus where Caesar was standing. Makes two, a lot more sense. Two at a angle. pretty damn 80-degree 80, 80 angle up. Even if you say Kennedy 
was turning. Yeah, even if Kennedy was turned this way, and I'm well, Sorhan I'm not, Sorhan. I'm not saying just turn that way, but as he shot turning. Right. He would have to have the gun down here, like, pointing up. You know, like he was like, gee, and he's like, pop, pop, you know. Not to mention he's still reaching around as much as I know you love that. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking about a five foot five guy who I can't imagine has monkey arms who is <laughs> reaching around this guy to get close enough range to, to shoot somebody right. uh, three, two, however so, many and, inches. And then what I love, so um, Caesar, I'm assuming, was a white gentleman. Yes. Um, Sirhan Sirhan was... Palestinian. Obviously black. No. <laughs> Palestinian. Palestinian, um, which... To the, to the point where anybody that hasn't seen Sirhan, he is actually dark enough that he was, um, from many witnesses, was mistaken as being... Mex Mexican. Mexican, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, which is another part of the conspiracy theory, him being Palestinian. Um, but nonetheless, I... <laughs> This is where your conspiracy theories fall into place. This, this is, is where, where the, this is where the. There's no way Oswald got three shots off from the book tower depository in so many seconds. Not to mention watching the the Z guys film, and you know just seeing what you see with your own eyes. Like you said, Bobby Kennedy was killed. There was no video. There was some audio, but no video. Um. Right. So we're left with eyewitness statements. This right. is where all the eyewitness statements come right. in. So you can already see between the trajectories and um, the ballistics, right? Right. You can already see where there's some questions. The fact that the LAPD takes evidence and destroys said evidence. And I know... Um, um, Oh, God, what was the lawyer's name? Pelosi. Pelosi? Pelosi? No, not Pelosi. Baloney. Oscar Mayer. Damn Tom Collins. Damn you, Tom Collins! He was the first lawyer, I believe. And he absolutely went off about the fact that you had a police department. He goes, I don't give a... I don't give a damn what the evidence is. I don't care if it's a Mack truck. Right. You... Label that Sirhan, and you place it in the corner, and you leave it. You do not destroy evidence. I know. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's Belosi. I believe hmm. is, was his name, Vincent Belosi. Uh, and, and no, I just found something else though. Uh, Allard Al, Allard Lowenstein were two that were very big into the. They're not saying that there was a conspiracy to kill him. They were very much on the aspect of the mishandling of evidence, right. the mishandling of the case by the Los Angeles Police Department. Hmm. So listen to this. Now I just found this. Okay. So blah blah blah. Yeah. So this this leads into to that. So just before the death of um Robert Kennedy, or I'm sorry, just before Jack Ruby's death. Okay. He fingers uh, LBJ as the man responsible for the death of JFK. Ruby did. Ruby did. So, <clears throat> that's interesting. But the fatal shot was fired inches 
from Robert Kennedy's right ear. Mm-hmm. Sirhan shot from the front several feet away. Thane Eugene Caesar, a last-minute security guard who hated Kennedy, stood behind RFK and fired with the same model gun. Right. It's not even that he's fired with a twenty-two revolver. Well, they're saying that. They're saying that. Right. But, once again, it was not checked. He's saying he he was carrying a thirty-eight revolver. Right, but I'm sure if they had record of of uh, this thing. No, no he, he, he owns it. He right. claims to own he He flat out admits, I owned a twenty-two, but said he sold it prior to... Well, this article here... When there's a bill of sale stating he sold after. Right. Now, this is saying here, so he was shot in right ear, nape of the neck, right shoulder, saw, Sirhan, only fired from the front, mm-hmm. several feet away. There were 13 shots. Sirhan's gun held eight bullets. Thane Caesar, RFK security guard, not only had the exact same model gun that Sirhan had, but was literally the only one that could have physically fired the fatal shot. Right. And that's from, so President Johnson and J. Agard Hoover made sure Caesar never took the witness stand in a Sirhan's trial or was ever even a suspect by applying federal pressure to the LAPD. There, I, 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 there's more to this article, but in my opinion, take it for what it's worth, there lies your, your conspiracy theory. Forget about Sirhan Sirhan. Was he a patsy? Probably. We have a little bit more on that. But, okay, let's, let's bring it back to JFK. If, if you, whoever they is in this scenario, right? So if whoever says, okay, um, Oswald, we know your, your feelings towards this country, towards this president, whatever, whatever. We're going to need your help. We're calling you to service because a lot of these people were ex-military, you know, whatever the case may be. Like in Oswald's case, we knew he, we, he had um, went to Russia. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Defected. Defected. There you mm-hmm. go. To Russia, you know, whatever, whatever. So the the powers that be, whether it's the CIA, FBA, the Cubans, the Russians, <laughs> all the above, right, knew that Oswald felt some kind of way and would make a perfect patsy. Right. So why was Sirhan Sirhan the Oswald in this situation. Like, if if Caesar, let's just say for shits and giggles, that Thane Eugene Caesar was the killer. We don't have proof of that. Let's just, let's just say he was. Where does Sirhan Sirhan fit into this? Why was he chosen? Good question. And we'll talk about it next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Um, so, something real quick before before we get into that. Um, you mentioned 13 shots. Right. Okay. So the 13 shot um, scenario came in when a, a guy, uh, his name is Philip, uh, Philip Van Prague. 
who is an audio engineer, got a copy of the um, recording. Okay. And he was able to isolate down, and he claims that he has isolated or counted 13 sh- mm-hmm. different shots. Can I interrupt you one sure. second? <laughs> Caesar. Mm-hmm. Not Julius, but Thane. Right. You said something about George Wallace? He voted for George Wallace. <laughs> no, no, no. He worked for George Wallace. For George Wallace. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that obviously tells you where this guy's ideals right. are. Right, because we, if you don't know, George Wallace was gay. No, um, was governor of Mississippi, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much racist. He was the uh, when they were trying to desegregate the schools. He was the, had the National Guard. Right, uh, Forrest Gump, I think, was there. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but. Um, Oh yeah, University of Alabama. See, look at that. I just read a little there bit more. Um, but nonetheless, very much a, a racist person. Granted, not to make excuses for anybody, but this was early '60s. It was what it was, right? And Kennedy, RFK, in this in this situation, was very much not a racist, right? For all subjects to be filled, I guess. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. You're fine. So, Philip... Philip von Prague. German. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Hitler was involved in... Oh, wait. So, he was an audio engineer, and he had gotten copies of what's called the Przinsky, uh tapes, which are which was a recording of uh, the assassination in the kitchen. And to listen to the original file, it is very, very... Um, Poor quality, <laughs> you know. It wasn't even that good. <laughs> it wasn't even that good. Uh, ne- nevertheless, he was able to clean it up, isolate it, and he 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 claims to have found uh, approximately thirteen shots fired in in the uh, audio recording. So that's where your thirteen shots come from. Okay, so it was more of an echo situation. Yeah, and. and I know he got real detailed about it of how he did it. Uh, I'm not an audio engineer. I, you know, and I think it would probably pretty much uh, lose a lot of people. It, it it damn near lost me listening to all the spectrometers and and uh, audio uh, jargon that he was using about what he did. I'm right. sure it made a lot of sense to him, but um, nevertheless, kind of uh, like what you're saying has to. For you, like, because I see you falling asleep over there right now. Hmm. What? Hmm. Oh. Uh, nevertheless, I I listened to the evidence from what he had. I've also listened to forensic audio uh, engineers that also disagree with uh, Mr. Von Prague. So I would I would say of all the evidence, it is the least persuasive because it's very. Um, it's very opinionated. Well, and not for nothing, but 19, what was 68, right? Well, this was done recently. Well, I'm just saying the audio itself was recorded. In 1968. So it's not like they had Dolby no. fucking THX no, 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 no. McGillicuddy no, this was high like, res <laughs> microphones. No, this was like a portable RCA. It was probably like a fucking tape recorder or whatever. 
essentially. Well, I think it was like a like a carry. Unit well, nonetheless, program. it was probably like, you know. Well, you you you've seen the reporters before carrying, right, right, right. yeah, like, like a, a reel to reel or whatever, right. you know. And then they're carrying that big ass yeah. microphone. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, <laughs> we got a part time podcast with a full time job, and our audio probably sounds a shit ton better than than right. that. Not to mention the the room size, the ceiling the acoustic, height, the, the yeah, of the room, yeah, right? you're going to get Plus, an echo. You're talking about the mass uh, pandem- pandemonium of of you know someone being shot, someone firing shots. You got people, and, and again, this wasn't just like a couple of pe- people in a room. I, this pantry was packed with people, and then right. you got all these people running. You got women screaming, screaming you got right. you know all this going on. So, needless to say. Like I said, it's very, it's very opinionated. Some people will say that he found thirteen shots because he was looking for thirteen shots. You know what I mean, right? And then some people can say because I've uh, there's also been other audio engineers that have have listened to it and say they only hear seven shots. You know what I'm saying, right? So did he go in looking for more than eight shots, and that's why he was able to find thirteen? Right. It's kind of a a. Um, suggestive type situation right. where so, he's like it's, yeah, it had to be more than eight shots right. oh shit there's two right so so for the audio i, I know that's a big thing out there that that's happened that I, I won't say happened recently it happened years ago but nevertheless i put i put the least amount of credence into that evidence okay not to not to interrupt you so we talked about sirhan sirhan the uh, the the obvious person i know we haven't gone into him right <laughs> we we're at an hour and a half. We've scratched the surface the, on Sirhan. Do you see why I said I don't? No, think I got gonna... you. So uh, Caesar. Yes. So I'm just scrolling through this one article I have mm-hmm. that I was reading stuff. Now, granted, this is the second article that I have on this subject. Um, I keep seeing the girl. So, so I know you want to talk about that. You want to you want to talk about the girl? Yeah, but I just came across something else. Uh, Charlie. Charlie. Manson? Mm-hmm. Does he have anything to do with this? Oh, I, I don't want to give anything away. I don't have anything on Charlie Manson other than the fact of what we talked about last episode where we talked about the... the well, I'm MPL wondering if this goes into the, the, that aspect of it. Very much good. So, so how do you feel about Caesar? Guilty? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I would say in the realm of if you're looking at the most probable things to have happened. Well, because his name keeps coming up in this article that on top of the fact that look at look at if if you don't look at anything else, look at the facts of the of the matter that hated the Kennedys, not just this Kennedy, but Kennedys in general was obviously a George Wallace supporter so much that he worked for his campaign and pro- and I will say, look, this is this is speculation on my part, right? But I would say, George Wallace running for president, correct? Right. Robert Kennedy running for president, right? If Robert Kennedy's running for president, does George Wallace stand a chance in hell? Right. Of this is very much a uh, Hillary Clinton versus Trump situation in the Russian dossier. Just saying, right? And 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 granted, no one died, but. Well, I think it's I think it's more egregious than that. Well, I'm I thinking think who that, who in you it, you don't know much about Robert Kennedy, right? Other than he was a Kennedy, other than he was John F. Kennedy's brother, right? 
anybody that ran against him to the point where you had the sitting president saying, I ain't I'm got good. a chance in hell. Yeah, you knew anyone running against him knew he was going to I win. am the former president of the United States, and I'm not going to run against this guy because it's going to make me look bad when I can't beat him in my own party. Right. But um, my thing is this. Not only <laughs> was this guy who he was, but then you have LBJ and Hoover dismiss him mm-hmm. from try, you know, being tried. Not so much being tried, but being a witness in the in what, the Sirhan trial. I find it interesting. All of all the people that they interviewed, the police interviewed in this case, and they interviewed everyone that was there. All these witnesses, correct? Mm-hmm. That the person that was the closest to Kennedy got the no, you're good. Got, didn't even have to testify in trial, but yet you had other people that were further away from the situation that were there to testify. Not to mention the fact that it makes no he sense. had the same gun. Whether he, oh shit, sorry. No, you're fine. Whether he had. The gun on him, he had, he had a the 22. gun. So it would be like something happening to whomever and them saying, oh, uh, Bobby McGee shot whoever okay. with a, with a M&P 40, right. Smith & Wesson, right. blah, blah, blah. And Don Q sitting there on the right side of you know, McGillicuddy Jones. Know he owns one. Right. Oh, but I sold it to Chris K. Well, it's not even that. You're saying, All right, well, I wasn't carrying it that night. Well, did right. anybody check? Hmm. No, but no. but why I'm, would I lie? I'm Don Q. Yeah, hello, <laughs> PCGC in full effect. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. So let's leave that where it may be. I, I, I don't want I don't want I don't want to make people's minds up for them. We're making it up. We're making it up. He did it. No. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I'm just saying if you look at the the evidence presented. The evidence in the case, right. the, the trajectory of the bullets, the eyewitness statements, and the proximity to the person shot. Right. He has a better. It's more probable, vantage point. Well, it's more probable that he killed Kennedy than it is that Sirhan. Okay. Okay. So, Sirhan, Sirhan, okay. what do we know about him? We need refill. Oh shit! <laughs> You're not done yet. Who's the lightweight? Huh? Oh, 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 I'm still lightweight. Get the cherry, big boy. Oh, there you go. I tell you what, I could just get a fucking spoon and eat those damn cherries. They're good, right? They're fucking good. All right, so we got to go in for number four. How are you feeling? Um, I'm going to say this about that. I'm going to sleep very well tonight. Number one. Number two. I really don't feel much like killing. <laughs> well. But then again, it's just you're mixing the drink as the ingredient state. Mm-hmm. You're not mixing anything extra. No. Well. Hmm. Roofie, mm-hmm. you're, you're, no, damn it. <laughs> okay, so we'll take another break. Go in for number four. Go in for number four. And then we're going to get into the girl in the polka dot dress. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you mean. And then how does that equate to maybe the trigger, Possibly. so to speak? 
Possibly. All right, guys. Uh, hang tight, and we'll be back on the backside. And we're back with drink number four. How you feeling, buddy? I, I much like the last drink. I don't feel like killing anybody. <laughs> um, well, so it's not so much. Do you feel like killing somebody? Do you think you could? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't think having killed plenty of people in my lifetime. Oh shit! What time is? It? I gotta delete that. What? <laughs> Damn it, Don. <laughs> um, I'll say this about that. I can't imagine. Okay, in a crime of passion, like, you know, okay, you're drinking, whatever, whatever, you get into a fight, whatever, whatever, you kill somebody. It happens all the time. Right. Oh. Um, right. No, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're right. But a planned assassin, assassination, you're, okay, Chris, here's the deal. We need you to kill RFK. Right. He's going to be at the Ambassador Hotel on blah, blah, blah day. He's going to be blah, walking blah, blah, in a full he, of people. With, we uh, need you to put fucking as many of the bullets out of this gun as you possibly can get into them. Right. You got it? <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. What are you going to do? See, I'm going to be at the bar drinking Tom's Collins. You don't drink. <laughs> I do today. <laughs> so I get the idea of like, if I'm not a drinker, maybe calming my nerves. But on top of the fact that he wasn't a drinker. Well, see, that's where drinking we're drinking four of these, right? Unless they were a light pour. <laughs> but even that being said, he was a light person. Well, now to the point where, by his own admission, he was drunk. Yeah, I guarantee he was. No, well, so okay. Ah, shit, we said we were going to go into the girl with the poker dart. <laughs> we're getting real, it. real, uh, real yeah. quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but that kind of leads into his testimony to his psychiatrist. So maybe we'll save that. Okay, we'll save it. Okay. So girl in the so girl in the polka dot. Okay, so girl in the polka dot dress. Okay. Okay. So what most people know about this case is they've heard the term the girl in the polka dot dress. Right. Which this is where that comes from. Uh, there were several witnesses that had said that they had seen a girl, a woman. Right. We keep saying girl. It's not a girl. Yeah, it wasn't a kid. It's a woman. Right. A young woman in a polka dot dress. Right. A white and black polka dot dress. Okay. Most reports were that she had dark hair, brunette. She was a brunette. Okay. Okay. Now, there were some reports of a woman in a polka dot dress with blonde hair. Right. Okay. Her name was Valerie Schulte. Okay, she was identified as being at the Ambassador Hotel that night. Here's a picture of Valerie. Schulte. Oh yeah. Okay. Did she have any Tom Collins that night? Probably no. not. Okay. Kind of hot. Okay. Now you can clearly see she's wearing a polka dot dress right there. Pretty much so. Yeah. Correct. Okay. See, totally not to totally get off the subject, mm -hmm. but I'd fuck this shit. No, <laughs> um, not what I envision when I'm thinking poke. Polka dot Girl address. in the polka dot dress. Yeah, for right. some reason I'm thinking like a skirt, whatever, well, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Yeah, that's this not is, her. This is not the woman. Oh, okay. Whore. So. Cocktease, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, so who's, it, who's that? This is uh, this is uh, Valerie Schulte. 
Okay. Okay, this is the person that was identified as being, this is who the police said was the so-called... Girl in the polka dot dress. Girl in the polka dot dress. Okay, now the difference is, and Sarah Schulte actually testified, okay, in the trial. She actually brought the dress that she was wearing that night. Right. Okay. It was a green and yellow polka, polka dot, dot dress. Right. Okay, and I wouldn't even... It is a polka dot dress, but it's it's very... Polka dotty. Right. One other key difference. Okay. She actually was wearing a cast that night on her leg. Okay. So she had crutches. So she was there. She was there. Wearing that dress. Wearing this dress. So... What about the black and white polka dot okay. dress? So that's the difference in the description. Okay. Okay. Now, as described by Sandra Serrano, okay, who <laughs> was a RFK staffer. Okay. Okay. Uh, she was actually at the speech that night, and she was sitting uh, backstage, I believe, on the fire escape. Okay, she had kind of like ducked out or whatever while the speech was going on. Okay, in in this time that this is going on, uh, Sandy Serrano claims that three people kind of stepped, she says stepped over her, stepped beside, you know, past her, whatever. We're talking about a fire escape, pretty narrow. Right. Uh, three people kind of went past her up into the, uh, you know, Passed her into the uh, uh, backstage area, kitchen, whatever. Right. And it was two men and a white woman. Okay. She um, described the two men as being Mexican-American, what she thought was Mexican-American. Okay. Uh, so she's, you know, whatever, whatever. Sitting out there, speech is going on, blah, 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 blah. She then heard what she thought was a backfire of a car. Okay? Then one of the men and the woman come rushing back out with the woman exclaiming, We shot him. We shot him. She says she asked, Who did you shoot? And the woman replied, Senator Kennedy. We. We shot him. Okay? Now... Uh, she was interviewed. She was actually someone came came to her. She she said she couldn't believe it. She kind of like turned to the area, you know, to the to to kind of like look in at the stage area, and she said it looked normal to her. She turned back to look at the two people going down the fire escape, and they were gone. So it's like they had already right like, gone off. out. So she went on in, and that's when she started hearing the the. Like screaming, the yelling, the crying, the whatever, right? Right. Uh, and then she she later on had told somebody about it, and God, for the life of me, I cannot remember who she was talking to, but he told her, you don't say anything, you don't talk to anyone, I'm taking you to the authorities, okay? Somehow or another, she ended up in front of a reporter and actually gave this report live on air, <laughs> this very thing, and that's exactly what she told the reporter. Okay, that was her story. Right. She was later taken down to um, uh, police headquarters where she was interviewed by Hank Hernandez. Oh, shit. 
Good old Hank. Oh, good old Hank. Hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Damn it, Don. I killed him. We so, did it. Anyways. Um, sold propane. When she, when she was interviewed by Hank Hernandez, it, it would almost... <coughs> To listen to the interview, and I wish I would have had it brought up so you could listen to it, but nevertheless, I'll just surmise the fact that it was very much a intimidation-type interrogation to the right. fact where he kept saying, to the point where she she even she even um, agreed to take a polygraph test. Okay. They got four questions into the polygraph. He shut the polygraph off and told her, stop lying. You didn't see a woman. You didn't see a woman in a polka dot dress. And she would, I did, I did see that. He just continued to badger her, badger her, badger her. You did not see this. You need to stop lying. I can't help you if you're going to just lie, if you're just going to make up stories. I mean, he's just like really hammering at home. This is not what you saw to the point where then he was telling her, look, I love Kennedy. I love this man. She said, I did too. I do too. You know, she was one of his staffers. She was one of the people on his campaign trying to get him elected. I do too. For the sake of his family, you need to stop with this and tell the truth. You need to stop with... And what reason would she have to lie? Some could say that maybe she wanted the fame. She wanted. She liked the idea that she was going to be interviewed and she was going to be on TV. Right, but at this point, you're not being interviewed. You're not on TV. You're being interrogated. You're being interrogated by yeah. the cops. Well... Over time, she finally got beat down to the point where she told, well, when she when she gives interviews now, she talks about it, and she says, I got to the point where I was just so beat down that I, I finally told him, what do you want me to say? Right. Whatever you want me to say is what I will say. I just want to get out of here. So she recanted her story, said that she didn't see a woman in a polka dot dress, she made it up, or she was mistaken, or... And... <clears throat> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that, that's fine. Well, I was going to say, that's pretty specific details. Because you said earlier that the initial reports was black with white polka dots, or... It, white with black white with polka, polka dots. Mm-hmm. And then this, um, this other chick, uh, Valerie McGillicuddy, what was her name? Valerie Schulte. <laughs> I was close. Hmm. I got Valerie. Hmm. Um, y- white with yellow? Yellow with green or green with yellow? Green with yellow. Green with yellow. Because I remember it being yellow polka dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those are s- specific colors. Well, not It's not even that they just randomized it by saying polka dot address. And then furthermore, the, the Valerie chick was like... Obviously, it wasn't me. I'm in a cast and whatever. So clearly couldn't brush past you running down the fire escape with a cast and I had crutches. Right. But black and white polka dotted dress, then yelling, we shot shot him. Or, now see, this is what Hank Hernandez tried to kind of insinuate you misheard. They said they shot him or he shot him. But he's insinuate. He's... He's, he's telling them that they... It, it, you misheard. They. Yeah, you, you misheard. It's they, not we. Right, or he. Yeah. He or they, you just misheard it. <laughs> no, that bitch said we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Which, which, maybe, maybe, and hear me out. I know mm-hmm. what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm drunk. 
And, and you'd be right. <laughs> no, I'm not drunk. I see both of you over there. Um, here's, okay, so I, I'm confused on the dates. What year are we in? No. <laughs> so it was 68, right? 68. Kennedy was killed in 63, 4, 5, 6, 10, 12? No. Are you talking about JFK? JFK. Three, uh, right? 63. Mm-hmm. Three. Um, so this was five years later, but still fresh in the minds. Obviously, Kennedy, we're, <laughs> here we are 60 years later, still talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, in 68, it's still fresh in the minds of everybody, especially when you're talking about another Kennedy being randomly killed, allegedly. Was this the the police or whoever it was that was doing the interrogation? Was it their way of devoiding another conspiracy theory situation by saying you didn't see what you saw, you didn't hear what you heard? Right. This is what. This is what. If <laughs> my thing is this: if I'm interrogating you, mm-hmm. and I know, <laughs> I don't want to say I know, but let's say. We know, we, what the facts, (laughs) for those of you who can't see them, doing quotation marks on all this shit, of the case, why the fuck do I care about talking to you? Because I... I, So it's on record, but then I can convince you that you didn't see what you saw? Well, because I think the thing that really got uh, Miss Serrano into trouble was that report that she gave before going to her interview with the police. Right. So had she not been on TV giving a report... In the heat of passion and... And giving this report, because now here it is, okay, well, we're looking for a girl in a polka dot dress, you know, and and it goes out. They actually had a police search out for a female in a white and black polka dot dress that was at the Ambassador Hotel. So, I mean, they actually went on the search for this woman. Right. And, um... Um... So, I... Do I want to say Hank Hernandez was in on it? Yes. <laughs> it was my way to propagate propane and propane accessories, damn it. I think it was very much I, a situation of... I, I'm i sorry, go ahead. Well, I think that they wanted to wrap this case up. Well, that's they, what I was going to say. I don't think Hank Hernandez had anything to do with a cover-up as much as they just wanted to put it behind them. They had... They had, they had Oswald, yeah. so to speak. They had their guy. They had their shooter. They wanted to wrap this thing up because even the comment was made, we don't want this to be another Dallas. Right. We don't... Oh, shit. We don't want this to be another Kennedy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, story would end there. Okay. If All right, guys. You have, if no. oh, okay. she was the only one that saw him, or saw her. The po- Oh, shit. There's more? There's All more. right, guys. <laughs> Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> Before you continue, I just want to point out, you were whooping my ass at first. You're killing it. These are going down very easily now. With that being said, we're on. We're almost done with drink number four. <sighs> so, more people right. saw the polka dotted lady. Yes. So, waiter Vincent uh, P- De Piero. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. Also said he saw... A woman wearing a polka dot dress <laughs> with Sirhan in the kitchen. Prior. Prior to. Prior to. So this is like right before. Okay. Okay. And he said it almost appeared as if she was holding him. 
<laughs> well, yeah, he drank four of these motherfucking <laughs> drinks. He probably was being hell. He's probably like, mm. <laughs> hold me still. Now, um, because I'm telling you right now, I'm not drunk, but you're feeling good. I'm feeling really good, mm-hmm. and I know this is crazy, because <laughs> not to totally get off the subject, but we, you and I, discussed. And I don't know if we brought it up on the last show, but we talked about that show, Drunken History. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, hey, it'd be funny, blah, blah, blah. We're at that point. Right. If you guys have ever watched that show, Drunken History, I love it because mm-hmm. I'm a history nut. But then these they get like, people liquored up and they start talking about whatever. But nonetheless, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> but what I like about what we're doing here is these drinks are good. Now, what I like about what we're doing here is we're putting our self in the situation. Yeah, in, a, in the mind, I don't want to say in the minds of a killer, <laughs> but kind of in the footsteps of what he, okay, we, how, how can I phrase this? Sirhan Sirhan, everyone knows who that is. Right. Forget about Caesar and everyone else. Forget about all that shit. Mm-hmm. I, due to your due diligence and in, in, in internet sp- Slooping, uh, sloping, sleuthing, sleuthing. Mm-hmm. Found out that this is what he was drinking prior to. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that he weighs half our weight, he's six inches shorter than either of us. Probably, I can't even imagine weighing 120 pounds. My leg weighs 120 pounds. I don't think I've weighed 120 pounds since I was in elementary school. Yeah, I was thinking like sixth, seventh grade, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm feeling these drinks, and I, I'm just trying to imagine what happened to make him, once again, I'm not saying he acted alone, thus the whole point of this show, conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. Right. Obviously, I personally believe, having listened to what you've said and reading Stuff that I'm reading while it looks like I'm sleeping, but I'm kind of <laughs> reading too. Um, <clears throat> seeing Caesar and and uh, what LBJ and Hoover did, um, I have to wonder. He obviously was drunk. He had to be drunk because if I'm the bartender at the at the hotel, I don't know who this guy is from Adam. He wants Tom Collins. Here he goes, Tom Collins. You want another one? Here you go. You want another one? Here you go. I don't care. Whatever, right? Unless he was involved. Well, but <laughs> well, we're gonna get to. That. Oh, that's why I said it. <laughs> so, okay. One one quick thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. The polka dot polka dot dress polka dotted dress lady. Yes. The not the Valerie McGillicuddy lady. Right. The other one. So you just said she was seen. Talking to him prior to or holding him up, basically holding, like, which like they were together. Which, and I was—that's why I was trying to go with all mm-hmm. this. I get that because he was probably well, according to uh, Sandra Serrano's um, testimony. Test. Well, yeah, her recollection. The three of them. So there were two males. One of them fitting the description of Sirhan. Oh, okay. Went up with this woman. Oh, into yeah. the area. Oh. Okay. So now, according to waiter Vincent DiPiero, now he sees them in the kitchen together. 
So, okay. is it safe to say that the polka dot... God bless. Why can't I say polka that Polka dot name? dress? Polka dot dress lady. Well, it might have something to do with four Tom Collins. You think? <laughs> Who's to say that the polka dot dress lady wasn't his handler? Okay. His trigger well, take person, for, so to speak. Take for what you will, Vincent De, De Piero was mm, sure 19 was. years old. So he was a very young, <laughs> very young person. Well, okay. I mean, what was Sirhan was what, 24, 25? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he was around 25. Um, oh. I know there was some some question because I know Hank Hernandez also interrogate. I'm um, sorry, interviewed uh, Vincent De, De Piero. Right. And he got him to recant the okay, same Okay, so I'm sorry, not to be stupid, but who in the hell is this Vincent guy? He was just a wait. He wasn't. He was performing as a waiter that night. Uh, he actually got a call from his dad. I think he was trying to get a job in the Kennedy staffing okay. type. He 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 was a uh, new of the family. They knew of him. Like he was kind of a, an uh, up and coming. Yeah, think of it kind of like an intern type okay. ship, whatever. Okay. And basically, his dad called him. He was <clears throat> wherever. Hey. Uh, Kennedy's going to be here at the Ambassador Hotel. Why don't you come on down if you want a meeting? I got you. Type deal. Okay. And he's like, cool, I'm there. Right. So he was performing waiter-type duties that night. I got you. Okay. So much in the same thing, Hank Hill, uh, sorry, <laughs> Hank Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, dumb. <laughs> Hank Hernandez uh, interviewed... <laughs> This is where it goes Vincent. <laughs> this is where we lose all credibility. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey. I've held it together so well. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I got to say this. Yes. We're doing this in the name of science. In the name Fauci of science. Fauci said. Trust the science. Trust the science, right? right. That's like I told my <laughs> wife, right? <laughs> Babe, <laughs> trust the science. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Hank Hill. So, um, Hank oh, Hernandez, Hernandez also interviewed Vincent. Kind of inter- uh, interviewed him in the same fashion that he did Sarah. It, not quite as aggressive. Okay. But basically kind of talked him into the same thing. You didn't see a woman in a white polka dot dress. You're making that up. That's a story. You honestly, you didn't see but, this. You didn't see what you think you saw. And kind of convinced him to the point. So but, when he gave his testimony in trial, they actually, uh, Sirhan's lawyers did not want to bring in this woman in the polka dot dress. They right. didn't want it brought up because if it was, then it proved that his client was guilty. Right. Because she was there with him. Do you get what right, I'm saying? Right, right, So the defense lawyer got up and he brought it right back up to him. So you said you saw a woman in a polka dot and And this guy kept going back and forth. No, I didn't see her. Well, in your testimony, you said you didn't see her. That's right, I didn't see her. But, you know, here here's a picture of a woman in a polka dot. Is this the woman that you saw or whatever? Yeah, that's the woman I saw. So now you're saying that there was a woman in a polka You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, they had him flipping circles. This dude didn't know where well, he was coming or going. But he identified um, Valerie, Valerie Schulte as being the woman he saw, okay? Which we know can't be possible because she was not wearing a white polka dot. I think at the end of the day, they could have got Vincent to say whatever... They wanted him to say. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was it was almost like a situation of mind control. Well, he didn't know whether he was coming or going. 
Right. Okay. And he was a kid, 19 years old. So. Probably scared. That's not the only person. There were various reports, but I'm going to give you a report of a man that actually saw the woman in the polka dot dress prior to Sirhan even being at the hotel. Interesting. All right, guys. When we come back. (laughs) Hey, before we get into that, I want to tell you about our next sponsor, Redcon1.com. They're not much help today, (laughs) but check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app. And if you don't want to be healthy and drink protein shakes, then check out Maker's Mark. We are our brand ambassador. And we're not even drinking that. What are we what are we drinking today? We are drinking Seagram's gin. Seagram's gin. No juice. No juice. Sorry, Snoop. Uh Tom Collins mix because we didn't want to make the uh simple syrup and right. lemon. We did the uh the official pours. Yep. The official uh they are measured measured pours. pours. Um and I will say this about that. I drink a beer or two every now and again. Uh recently I've engaged in <coughs> whiskey and uh, other spirits. You're welcome. Uh, actually, lately I've been drinking moonshine, sugar water. Um, so I'm used to drinking some alcohol. I don't get sloshed every day. I, You know, I drink a drink, right? I drink a drink a drink. <laughs> um, right now, we're, I'm almost done with my fourth Tom Collins. And even then, we don't even know what size he was drinking because like the the thing says tall glass well, whatever it, it, it's generally served in a but high you, a highball glass but your drink yeah i'm sorry you're mixing it via the directions the, right. two ounces of this two ounces of whatever it is right. um i'm 250 pounds 255 5 10 and a half 10 11 5 10 11 5 10 5 11 somewhere around there thank you and uh you're not falling down but I'm not falling down. You, I feel really good. <laughs> you don't look like somebody that's ready to go. I don't feel like out. murdering anybody. <laughs> and like I like I said before, in a crime of passion, I mean, I guess you don't it's hard to say, yeah, I could probably kill somebody. But to be said, all right, dude, here's the deal. Well, okay. So, let's let's take the well, I don't want to go. I don't want to get too far out of hand, but I, let's just say, for the sake of, of argument, this isn't a conspiracy. You are Sirhan. Oh. You just want to kill Kennedy. I, wait, and and, and, there, and and we've never even gotten into the justification of why, <laughs> right? All right, guys. We haven't really talked. We haven't really even talked about Sirhan. <laughs> wait, wait, we haven't. But we haven't. let's let's just say, for the sake of the of fact, you're Sirhan. You're acting alone. Right. You want to kill this man. This is not how I would go about no. this. No. No, I, I would. I would if you probably want to take a, you a shot or two of yeah, whatever. To, liquid to, courage to be like, okay, we got to do this. Let me get right. a shot of Jack. But you pounding, know, pounding Tom Collins pounded, at the bar, and these aren't. You're not pounding these. No, these are sipping kind of drinks. We've yeah. been okay. Not for nothing. It's quarter till two. We've been right? going since about eleven. About ten. Ten thirty. Well, ten. Okay. Yeah, I ordered food. It was yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah. We made our first drink at ten. Yeah, I guess so. so we've been drinking for. About four hours. Right? I don't know how long Mr. Sirhan was chilling at the bar. One would believe he wasn't sitting there for four hours. So if he was pounding, quote-unquote, 
Tom Collins drinks, and they were made to this specifications at 120 pounds, five foot five, 120 pounds, soaking ass wet. He, there's, I can't even imagine that he did this. He was probably, if he did shoot him, I could see the trajectory being what it was because he was probably falling down because he was drunk. Okay, so maybe we need to look in, and and as I tell this next part, maybe you can look this up. So Kennedy was shot at 12.15 a.m. on June 5th. So that's why a lot of the times you hear the reporting, they're saying June 4th because... RFK? RFK was shot at 12.15 in the morning. All right. Right. So that's why... That throws even more shade on the situation because we're recording this. I mean, granted, we've been up for a minute. Right. We've worked today. Yeah, but the fact of what time did Sirhan show up at the Ambassador Hotel? Right. What time did he start drinking? Maybe you can look that up while I'm telling this next part. Gay sex. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> what time did... Go ahead. All right. So, there was a chemical salesman by the name of John Fahey that spent the morning of June 4th at the Ambassador Hotel. I'm sorry, who was this? John Fahey. And who was he? He's just a chemical salesman. Okay, he just some no, random dude. He is nobody of import. I'm I'm sure he is to his family, but... What was the name of the hotel again? Ambassador, Ambassador. Hotel. Okay. Now, this is an interview that he did with Hank Hernandez. Damn okay. it. So, <clears throat> Mr. Fahey uh, states that I was there to meet a fellow employee at the Ambassador Hotel, and we had arranged to meet there at 8.30 in the morning, a.m. Right. I got there late. I got there about 9, maybe a little after, and I went down to the coffee shop because we had planned to have a cup of coffee, and he wasn't around. So I had a cup of coffee, and I was just sitting there. This lady had approached me, and we nodded. And I said, good morning. She said, good morning, and sat down beside me. And every time I would go to ask her a question, she put it, she put to me like, I don't know whether I can trust you. Now, who was this lady? No, he just said it's okay. a lady. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hernandez asked, did she elaborate as to why she couldn't, she said she couldn't trust you? He says, she says, well, if if they thought I was getting involved, they wouldn't like this. They would become very angry with me. That's as far as I, it would go. That's as far as it would go. I wouldn't press it any further. I thought maybe she was psycho or something. Hernandez says, why is that? Fahey states, we talked about Mr. Kennedy. She said she hated him. And that if I was to come to the victory celebration, the victory reception, that she would see to it Mr. Kennedy be taken care of tonight. Now, this was at the hotel. This is at the hotel. Hernandez asked, well, do you think this woman had anything to do with Mr. Kennedy's assassination? Uh, Fahey said, put it to you this way, weighing everything that was said that day, just between you and I, she didn't do the work. But she had something to do with it. 
Now, was she wearing a polka dotted dress? She was tall. Yeah. Okay. Right. She was tall, statuesque, black hair. I remember she had on a polka dot dress. Hmm. So now this would fit the description of the one in the white and black polka dots. This would match the same description of the one that uh, Sarah Serrano, Sa- I'm sorry, Sandra Serrano said that she saw that Vincent DiPierre, before he got all convinced, well, before he went on the merry-go-round with uh, uh, Hernandez, right? this is what he said he saw. And now this is we're having yet a third person that saw this lady that morning at the hotel. So, okay, okay, quick conspiracy. Okay, what is a conspiracy? It's what two or more people to create a conspiracy, right? Mm. Interesting. Okay, um, quick side note: What was I supposed to look up? What time did Sirhan? I can't find that. Not. I can't find that. Doesn't say when he showed up. No. Cool. But it did say that he was gay. No. Um. Shit. Where did it go? I had it and I lost it. There it is. So it says that he was hammered. Okay. So. I'm trying to find it real quick. Says later, okay, says Sirhan later claimed he was unable to remember the shooting, saying that he was intoxicated at the time. However, during his 69 trial, (laughs) um, he admitted to have committing the crime. Well, he later said uh, that his statements were a result of his defense attorneys making him think he was guilty. On April 17, 69, Sirhan was convicted of Kennedy's murder. On several days later, he was given the death sentence. And uh, when California abolished capital punishment in 72, he was given he life. life. Right. Which he was, oddly enough, paroled. Just now. Just in uh, 21, right? Yes. And then uh, the one good thing, if you want to say, Gavin Newsom has done with his life is said well, but not he, so quick. Not not so much because Gavin Newsom has also um, denied his parole before. Okay. Well so let's let's not act like it he, he did this out of the kindness of his heart. Well he still denied his parole. Never so. nevertheless, here here's what I'll say about that situation. Sirhan has never has never de- denied the fact of that he killed Kennedy. Right. He's never. He's never denied his involvement. I must. Yeah, I must have done it. <laughs> I was there. But, they got me. You know what I'm saying? Like he's never said. But he on to this day does not remember the shooting, the event, the event at all. Okay. The thing about him saying that he was guilty is more so. It's kind of one of those. It seems to me. I mean, tell me what you think. But it seems to me it's kind of one of those things that you're not sure if you did something and someone's convincing you that you did, so you must have done it. It was more a situation of he did not want to be found mentally incompetent or crazy. Right. Because this is the statement he kept making to his lawyers, to his psychiatrist, is that he is not crazy. He kept saying it over and over. I'm not crazy. 
Right. I'm not crazy. To the point where he, I, I think, if I remember correctly, he even said, it, "Can I change my plea to guilty?" So he wouldn't. You know. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because he didn't want to be considered to be crazy. Right. So I think that's how he wound up with the situation of saying, "Yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I blah blah blah." Now he's never shied away from the fact that he said that. You know, I did this. Right. I must have done this. I must have done this because I was there. But he does. He has no memory of, of the event. Of the event. So this is what Sirhan says happened. He said that he was invited to the hotel by some guys. He says he remembers it being a hot day. He remembers getting to the hotel and feeling uncomfortable because he felt like he was very underdressed. Now, at the time, he was wearing um, like a light blue jacket, um, like uh, blue jeans, but like light colored blue jeans. Right. And blue shoes. He felt like he was very underdressed. Okay. Uh, he remembers going to the bar and asking for... He was going to get a water from the bar. And they said, bullshit, you're drinking Tom Collins today, buddy. And the next... Yes, he ends up... Waiter serves... the. the I'm sorry, waiter. The bartender serves him a Tom Collins. So now he remembers drinking Tom Collins. He had four Tom Collins. Oof. He remembers getting up from the bar and he's going to his car. Okay. He's going to his car. He's intoxicated. He knows he can't drive. He gets to his car. Realizes he can't drive. So he decides he's going to go find his way back to the hotel. Now, I have no idea where he's parked. Right. It sounds like he kind of went a little ways away from the hotel and then found his way back. Because they said he traced his way back to the hotel. So I'm assuming he was at least a block or so away from the hotel. Right. Went to his car. Decided he was too intoxicated to drive. Went back to the hotel to get a cup of coffee. And he he is adamant about the fact that he needed coffee. He wanted coffee. That's all that was on his mind at the time was coffee. I need coffee. I need to get a coffee. I need coffee. And to kill Kennedy. I need a coffee. <laughs> right. Okay? Right. This is what he's contending. This is what he remembers. Okay? He remembers getting back to the hotel... And he remembers seeing the woman in a polka dot dress. Mm -hmm. He remembers looking at the woman and going to talk to her to flirt with her because he said she was very attractive. He remembers the woman taking him to the back. Oh, yeah. To um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of like a... Uh, have you ever seen like a coffee urn type where it's like the big metal things right, that, right, that right. hold coffee, right? The percolator. Yeah, you know, I don't know what you would call them in 1968, but nevertheless, right, where right. they're holding coffee. The coffee and, holder. And he remembers standing with her. Okay. That's it. And the then since thing, then, he's killing... The next thing he knows is he's being choked by Rosie Greer and basically broken in half like a, like a human pretzel. Right. So why? Okay. Because I know you want to get to this. <laughs> this is what Sirhan contends he remembers. Okay. Now, now before states, you get into this, mm -hmm. you're going to get into the juicy nuggets mm -hmm. of this whole thing. Yes. Um, for Tom Collins in, mm -hmm. 
He remembers everything up to this point. He remembers everything up to the point and after after the, fact. the the brief moment in time, right. however long that time correct. frame was. Okay. Well, okay. <clears throat> so we were trying to get a time frame, correct? Right. He had actually spent the day at the firing range. Okay. So I'm assuming it was afternoon when he arrived at the hotel. So do we know that for a fact, or is that his recollection, or is that what they said? I think it was actually proven that he had spent time at the range that okay. day. Okay. Which would explain why the gun was in his car. Right. Okay, so when he left the bar, intoxicated, it's clear that he went to his car and retrieved the, the gun. He doesn't remember that, right? but clearly he did. See, not to totally get off this, I mean, it's not off the subject, but I, I rem- just recalled something. Mm-hmm. When uh, LAPD did a ballistics report on his gun, yes, they said they couldn't match any of the bullets fired. It was inconclusive. Because the gun had been overfired. <laughs> now, I've never heard that. I've heard that they actually created a panel of gun experts to which they could not. <laughs> the, the panel was so weird. I think it was an eight, eight man panel. And I think half came to the conclusion. They essentially, the only thing that they could come to an agreement on the right. panel was that they could neither um, exclude his gun or include his gun. Right. Was the only thing the panel of experts could agree upon. Which and essentially is no... That, that That's no resolution at all. Right. They just... They agreed to say... We well, don't know. <laughs> that was the best agreement that they could come to. I'm going to give it a maybe. <laughs> So, uh, to to the fact, once again, I, you can't debate the facts that Sirhan was there with that gun, fired off eight shots because they. There's too many witnesses to the the to the scene. They have the gun. They have the weapon. They have the bullets that they're retrieving out of bodies. So I'm going to get into the part of. He remembers. Being drunk, he remembers walking to his car. He remembers coming back. He remembers getting wanting to get coffee. He remembers the girl. You all right? <laughs> he remembers the girl. Moonshine Cherry's good. That shit is good, right? Remembers the girl. Right. It doesn't remember anything after that until he's being choked out by Rosie Greer. Right. What happened? Okay. Here we go. Here comes the space gravy. <laughs> so... This is where we get into, and this is where, for the folks at home, you might want to put your tinfoil hats on. (laughs) All right. Lizard Illuminati. (laughs) So this is where we're going to begin to talk about Project Bluebird, Artichoke, and MKUltra. Here we go. All right. And and I was actually going to ask you this morning. Okay. I told you that, that I had. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Written, no, you're fine. You're you're feeling good. You're relaxing. You're <laughs> yeah, chilling. I was just trying to chill. I need, you know, I said this last time. I need to move this over to the corner here so I can just be like, "Hey, go ahead, buddy. What you got?" Have you ever seen the movie The Manchurian Candidate? 
Uh, no. Okay. So the original... Did that have uh, Jennifer Aniston in it? No, it did not. No. All right. So the original was a 1962 movie based off the... I believe it's Robert Condon yeah. book mm-hmm. uh, that starred Frank Sinatra. Okay. Okay. And was later remade uh, and starred Denzel Washington. Right. Okay. And for research purposes, I watched the nine, uh, the the remake version <laughs> of last night. Of course night. you did. Of course I did. Um, so essentially what it's about <laughs> is a, a soldier and his unit kind of come back from the Gulf War. And one of the soldiers is um, kind of like propped up. He wins the Medal of Honor. Um, he's he's moving on up. He's being fast-tracked through the thing. He's going, and he's running uh, as a candidate for vice president. Okay. Okay. But essentially what's happened is is this, this platoon um, was missing for like three days. And in, in, um, uh, what was that? Was Iraq. that Iraq? Yeah. yeah. In Iraq. And they had been um, in some sort of secret, um, clandestine mind control experiment to, to the point where they were all mind, um, well, we'll just call it mind fucked, to the point where they were mind controlled. Okay. So they would they would have a saying, and it, the saying in the movie was actually they would they would say the guy's name is this major blah blah blah, yeah, is this major Tom blah, is this Tom Daniel blah, right? So it was like a saying. It was like a, a progressive sequence, and then it would put them into. The suggestibility. Mind. Okay. So now they're like in. It's almost like hypnosis. Hypnosis. Okay. Exactly what it is. And essentially what they were trying to do is they were trying to get a a mind-controlled person into the presidency. So what they were attempting to do was take get this guy who's already controlled right. into the vice presidency on the day of the election where they won... They were going to kill the president, and then therefore he would move right into the presidency, right. and now he's controlled. Get it? So, wait. So CNN... Biden. ...is reporting... <laughs> is, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I blacked out. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, you were talking about Biden. So anyways, so so this is this is what this movie's all about, okay? Okay. This is what this... About Biden. Based on gotcha. the book. So I'm going to throw a little... little, little Nugget at you here. <laughs> no, don't throw your nuggets at me. So the original movie was 1962. Okay. Okay. And it was directed by John Frankenheimer. Oh, shit. Do you know who John Frankenheimer is? Uh, uh, is that John Jacob Frankenheimer Schmidt? He's a director. His name is my name, too? No, it's Jingleheimer. So he was the director of the movie, the 1962 version of The Manchurian Candidate. Okay. Robert F. Kennedy stayed the night at his house the night before his assassination in 1968. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) So the movie was 62. He stayed at his house, a little sleepover situation. The night before the assassination. Hmm. Crazy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Nevertheless. 
Six right. degrees of separation. So beginning in 1949, as the Cold War was heating up, the CIA under Alan Dulles, if anybody remembers from the last show. <clears throat> the um, CIA director who was subsequently fired by JFK and then somehow or another was magically Ended up on the Warren Commission <laughs> <laughs> placed in charge, wasn't he the chairman? Well, no, the, Warren Harding was the I'm, chairman. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, um, Joseph. God, what was the guy's name? Billy. His last name was Warren. Uh, Chief Justice Warren. I can't remember his first name. Wincrest? Wincrest. <sighs> M.C. Hammer. I cannot remember. Anyway. Anyways, but nonetheless. He was the head of it, but right. Alan Dulles pretty much. Was the chair, like the. Run it. Run it. Conveniently enough. Right. So anyways, CIA under Alan Dulles lunched. <laughs> lunched. <laughs> lunched. Let's he had lunch. a sandwich and uh, some potato chips. <laughs> Launched a project called Bluebird, later called Artichoke, and then Project MK Ultra. Oh yeah, here we a go. A series of experiments on unwitting people to see if their minds could be manipulated by drugs, torture, or hypnosis, hey. <laughs> or all the above. Hey, what's that? Drugs? What are we doing here? Colleges, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies participated in the project. Records revealed in the 1970s. So what I'm telling you is this is real. This right. isn't fiction. This isn't conspiracy. This has actually happened. Okay. This shit happened. And they had to come clean with it. Much like I was telling you about the, the documentary on Netflix called Wormwood. Right. About Frank Olson. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Who was a, a uh, scientist involved in this. Okay. And they were actually dosing their own fucking scientists. The, the people that are conducting the research, well, they're dosing them with LSD. Well, because, and we talked about this in the last show, or we touched on it. All right. And I had re referenced the um, Pineapple Express, right? The beginning right. of that movie where they were, and hey, how's it going right there? Um, where they do these unwitting uh, participants just to. Just to see. Just to see. Well, so here's the point. Here's the point of it. They wanted to create the perfect soldiers. Right. They wanted to create con completely controlled individuals, not only perfect soldiers, but also the perfect spy. So the perfect spy would be what? Me. The, the oh. person that doesn't know they're a spy. Right. It's much like, you know, we, you've joked about the naked gun. He said it exactly. Who's the best assassin? Someone that doesn't even know they're an assassin. Right. Well, that's and, straight from their files, right? We've seen how many movies have you seen? Even comedy movies, like you just talked about, Naked Gun. Did you ever see Zoolander? Mm, no, I don't watch stupid movies. <laughs> really? Do you see uh, Game of Thrones? No, I thought you didn't see stupid. Movies. But in Zoolander, the premise. Now, granted, whatever. They're supermodels, whatever. Ben Stiller. So uh, Will Ferrell's character in the movie is like, these male models are the perfect assassin, assassins because they've got the workout regimen, they got the bodies, they got whatever. Plus they get into all these VIP locations. You hit them with the, with the trigger, they become assassins. Right. So... I mean, they even joke about in the movie about uh, Oswald being a 
they were like, Oswald was a model? No, but there's two sexy bastards on the grassy nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me see. Let me let me get back to my notes here. Let me let me finish out with this. All right. So these records in 1970 showed, with the CIA hoping of being able to manipulate foreign leaders and other important figures, or program other to commit acts of espionage. In Canada, some subjects were kidnapped off the street, and in the United States, some people died of drug overdoses. The CIA later admitted LSD was administered to some subjects, and professors at Stanford and UCLA participated in MK Ultra record show. Much like we were talking about on the last episode, Jolly West was one of these professors at UCLA that obviously had ties to MK Ultra, who was involved with the Jack Ruby when he went insane. Right. Okay. So let me let me. I, no, go ahead. Okay. So this is straight from the book by John Marks, <laughs> and the name of the book is "The Search for the Manchurian Candidate." Okay. On February 19, 1954, Morse Allen simulated the ultimate experiment in hypnosis, the creation of a Manchurian candidate or programmed assassin. Allen's victim was a secretary whom he put into a deep trance and told to keep sleeping until he ordered otherwise. He then hypnotized a second secretary and told her that if she could not wake up her friend, her rage would be so great that she would not hesitate to kill. Allen then left a pistol nearby, which the secretary had no way of knowing, was unloaded. Even though she had earlier expressed a fear of firearms of any kind, she picked up the gun and shot her sleeping friend. After Allen brought the killer out of her trance, she had apparently... And I'm sorry, she had apparent amnesia for the event, denying she would ever shoot anyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I boring you? <laughs> I'm dozing off there. <laughs> You're putting me in a hypnotic <laughs> trance. Yeah, watch this coin. <laughs> yes. Kill who? Don't make me another drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. <clears throat> that That's an excerpt from the book of an actual person in the CIA who performed this experiment, and this is in 1954. We're talking about 1968. Right. So 14 years prior. 14 years later. You 14 years worth of... Advancement well, I mean, from the ini project. Initially, it was six, 14 years prior. Right. This happened. Well, and who, he had this level of control just from hypnosis. Well, this let me, is without drugs. Let me throw something else in there. Who's to say, 54, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that nine years later, he didn't do the same thing to somebody in 63? Oh. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've, I've often thought about that. But the the fact that Oswald and, and here's my thought on that and and uh, we're kind of we're kind of jumping the shark a little bit but here's my thought on that I think they didn't do that with Oswald I think because he was so in with the movement they thought 
whatever. He's an easy mark, so. But then when he come out being like, I'm a patsy, they're like, shit. What do we need? We need somebody that is going to go along with the fucking story. Kill him. Huh. Oh, I must have done it. Because you got me. I got the gun. I got Right. You need somebody that's not going to go against your narrative. That's not going to go against the plan. Even if Oswald was in on the plan, he didn't know he was the patsy. Right. Until it was too late. And then when it was too late, he's like, fuck. They well, set me up. Right. Like I like we described on the last show, and I was talking about it being a turkey shoot. Right. You know, Oswald obviously fired a gun. Mm. Well. Let's say he fired at least one round. When we get into the Martin Luther King assassination, I might tell you why that might not be true either. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, guys, on the next day. Okay, so where are we at in here? So we're in mind control okay. country. Okay. I, I'm just reading this story about uh, the Illuminati. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you have anything on... Sirhan, Sirhan, and the Illuminati? I don't have anything on the Illuminati. I have a little bit leading up. You asked where Sirhan was leading up to. Okay. Okay, so we know that we talked about this, about Sirhan, Sirhan. Why won't this mic come over here? This would be so much comfortable. I could just be right here. Hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sirhan, Sirhan worked as a stable boy Correct. at the racetrack. Correct. And we were talking earlier about another person. <laughs> what a connection. <laughs> what a connection. So Sirhan worked at a, a he was a jockey slash stable boy. <laughs> jockey at 5'5", five, five, <laughs> 120 five, pounds. Makes sense, right. 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 Okay. So, Hopped up on Tom Collins. So in 1966, he actually had an accident where he got kicked off. He, he got bucked off a horse. Okay. And fell off a horse. Uh, requiring, I, I believe, some stitches. He had an injury to his head, his eye, something like that. Okay. Now, in what was said that he was only at the doctor for a couple hours. Okay. He was actually missing for three days. Or, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Three days was how long they were missing in the movie of the Manchurian Candidate. He was actually missing for two weeks. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's better? <laughs> well... His family naturally assumed he was in the hospital. He had, right. you know, blah, 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 blah. His brother states that after the accident, Sirhan was never the same. Said he got very much into mysticism. Mm -hmm. Said he uh, would actually, uh, he was sending off for these, um, like, pamphlets, these um, books and stuff on mysticism from the Rosicrucians. Rosicrucians, right. Right, and and ways uh, to try to self, uh, to go into self-hypnosis. He was trying to find ways to hypnotize himself. Okay. Okay. In such time, he started uh, making these journal entries. All right. Okay. And in these journal entries, and, and these are where they've actually kind of come famous, where we're actually... Um, my God. I think I'm going to remember this stuff until I'm four Tom Collins in, and then I can't remember the <laughs> uh, P's. I cannot. Lisa P's wrote a book called RFK Must Die, and that's actually from his 
diary entries where he's writing over and over again, RFK must die. Right. RFK must die. RFK must die. On June 5th. Wait, that RFK, was Ray Finkel, wasn't it? <laughs> Ray Finkel laces out. <laughs> That's where the inspiration from that came. Right. Was from the Sirhan diaries. Okay. Because that's what they looked like. Okay? Right. Him just writing this over and over and over with these symbols, with the... I might actually have a picture of it. I have it right here. Okay, so you can see the writings. Is that the stars? The stars, yeah. these different... The stars of David. What else is in those writings? Do you remember? <sighs> I have the picture right here. Okay. Do you remember? Illuminati. Really? He writes, do we look like something to you? We are not, or it's, there's a word I can't quite describe, um, or unable. Um, Illuminati, uh, demonism, um, different languages. I can't, I don't know what these mean. This is German. Wajai, uh, I think, I don't know what that is. Northern Valley, um, Sarhan writes, of the Illuminati. Interesting line here, because when I read this, I immediately thought of a movie. Okay. Sarhan writes, of the Illuminati, you might say the devil's the greatest trick is convincing people he doesn't exist. Hmm. Unusual suspects. Right. Mm -hmm. Sarhan mentions the Illuminati three times, and also one master... Cthumini, which may be the pseudonym used by the uh, hypnoconductor, believed to be the late Dr. William Joseph Bryan. Oh, Dr. William Joseph Bryan. In 1968, Robert F. Kennedy assassin Sirhan Sirhan wrote of the Illuminati as and Master Cthumi in his notebooks prior to killing... Um, uh, Kathumi, Kathumini, Kathumi, Kathumi mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> is uh, a reference to an occult master who gave Madame Helena Blavatsky. There you go. Mm -hmm. A secret doctrine of theory of seven root races, particularly the supremacy of the Aryan race, upon which so it was German. I was right. Which uh, Nazism was founded. Yeah, you want to go down a real crazy rabbit hole? Start researching her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sirhan Sirhan was uh, actually, so speaking of mind control, Sirhan Sirhan was actually put under hypnosis by the LAPD to determine his programmer. Right. As it had been evident, he had been programmed to kill through hypnosis. So he was actually. Uh, I have the actual audio of that. That 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 is good because you can actually hear him coming in and out. He was actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean hypnosis? <laughs> of hypnosis. Gotcha. He was actually hypnotized several times, I believe, by Doctor Pollock, by Doctor Diamond, and then again by um, um, who was the guy you mentioned later on, Doctor uh, um, Bobby Johnson, Brian. No, 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 no. The the um. Brown. Daniel Brown. Mm -hmm. Daniel P. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Is this audio of the actual hypnosis? People in Europe, I don't care where you go, hate our Sure guys. shit is. They do? They hate us. They'd like to stick a knife in our back. 
But want to know why? Because they're tired of us giving them everything. But they've had it crammed down their throat for so many years. It's just like the black man. The black man now for the last uh, four to eight years has been cramming this integrated idea down our throat. And you, so you've learned to hate them. And one of these days, at the rate they're going, there's going to be a civil war in this country. It's going to be the white against the black. And the only thing I have to say is the black will never win. I mean, I'm, me as an individual, I'm fed up. And I know a lot of people that I work with have the same feeling. It's just that we ain't had it shoved down our throat enough. But one of these days, it's going to be shoved too far, and then uh, we're going to fight back. First of all, I think the white man is going to try and do it with his voting power. And if they can't do it by getting the right person to restrict the thing up, then he's going to take it in his own hands. I can't see any other way to go. The long series of coincidences in which armed guard Thane Eugene Caesar was involved was never made public, much less explained. At his request, Caesar was never asked to take the witness stand. I told him, I, if it's all possible, I just need not be involved. Okay, so that obviously wasn't the hypnosis thing. That was, as described in this article, Klansman Thane Eugene Caesar. <laughs> Would not surprise me a bit. Talks about coming race war, the same one advocated by Charles Manson. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so um, you asked a question earlier. Right. <laughs> That's very interesting. Uh, you asked a question earlier. Why Sirhan? Right. Why? Because I'm thinking Palestinian-born uh, refugee, refugee, five foot nothing, hundred nothing, a uh, hundred pounds soaking wet, penis smaller than yours. <laughs> oh, hey, one would assume. I'm not supposed to bring it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, why him? Right. And it's been stated by some of the doctors that have in. Um, Analyzed Sirhan, that he is extremely suggestible, extremely easy to hypnotize, so much so that they can put him to sleep like that. No. From an interview that uh, Dr. Pollock, I believe, along with Dr. Diamond and also Mr. Robert Kaiser, or Kaiser. Kaiser so say, maybe? Sorry. Mm -hmm. Dr. Diamond would put Sirhan under hypnosis in the cell and give him a suggestion under hypnosis. Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kaiser. Sirhan, when I bring you out of hypnosis, you're going to feel very, very good. But when I take out my handkerchief, that will be a signal for you to climb the bars of your cell like a monkey. So this was after he was... This is why he's in custody. This he's, is after the fact. This is in 1969. Okay. I think this is leading up to his, his trial. But nonetheless, as far as anyone's concerned, he did it. Yes. He's in jail. Yes. Okay. All right now, Sarahan. You're going to be coming out, out of your deep sleep. And when you wake up, you're going to feel very, very good. And then five minutes later, Sarahan's climbing the bars of the cell like a monkey. And you look over at Diamond, and he's been blowing his nose. And Diamond says to Sirhan, in front of, in front of me and the attorneys, Sirhan, what are you doing up there? Oh, I'm just getting some exercise, he says. Because that's what he thought he was doing. So, essentially, they made him, 
they suggested to him he was going to be climbing these bars like a monkey. Right. When he comes out of hypnosis, he's up on these bars. And so his rational mind, the only thing he can think of is, I must have been exercising. Because why else would I be doing this? Right. So you can kind of already see the switch between I'm, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to be doing this to now your rational mind's trying to rationalize why you're doing it. Why you're doing, why you're somewhere that you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. That's a plausible explanation for anyone that's under the influence will always give you a plausible explanation, but it won't be the right one. We all knew he had been programmed. And neither Diamond nor the attorneys would listen to me for a moment Mm. when I suggested that he may have been hypnotized and programmed to kill Kennedy under hypnotic state. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, he went through several of these hypnosis uh, hypnosis sessions. Now, we talked about Dr. Um, Dr. Brown, Dr. Daniel Brown, who is the most recent. He's an associate professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School. So, this isn't some Joe Blow dude right. at a community college. This is one of the premier... Uh, uh, professors of psychology in his field. Okay. Okay. Interviewed Sirhan for more than 60. It says 60 hours. I know it's 100 plus now. And says he believes he was hypnotized and manipulated into being present at the assassin of being present at the assassination right. of Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, and this is from the uh, Sirhan. Uh, Sirhan Sirhan parole hearing. Another important document submitted to the parole board two days before the hearing was a new declaration by Dr. Daniel Brown, a psychologist from Harvard Medical School. Since May 2008, Dr. Brown has spent over 100 hours with Sirhan, including a two-day visit last September. The aim of these sessions was threefold to conduct a detailed forensic psychological assessment of Sirhan's mental status, to allow Sirhan to develop a more complete memory for the events leading up to and the night of the assassination, and determine whether or not Sirhan was the subject of coercive, suggestive influence at the time of the shooting, and if this is accounted for by his amnesia. The declaration states that in Dr. Brown's expert opinion, Sirhan is normal, does not have a psychiatric condition or a personality disorder that shows no evidence of any violence risk. I'm sorry, of any violence risk if released, which is the primary consideration for any parole panel. In his sessions with Sirhan, Dr. Brown found a variety of personality factors that are associated with high vulnerability to coercive, suggestive influence, an extreme disassociative coping style, hypnotically induced altered personality states, and extremely high hyper... (laughs) He can be easily (laughs) hypnotized. Right. (laughs) I'm not going to even try to pronounce that word. And highly 
social compliant. Okay. He went on to say that Mr. Surhan is one of the most hypnotizable individuals I have ever met, and the magnitude of his amnesia for actions not under his voluntary control. The magnet—I'm sorry—in hyp—in uh, hypnosis is extreme. The unusual combination of personality factors makes Mr. Surhan the type of individual extremely vulnerable to coercive social influence and accounts for his uncharacteristic behavior and strong amnesia for behavior on the night of Senator Kennedy's assassination. Now, in interviews, Surhan has stated he loved Kennedy. He loved Kennedy. Well, and it's very interesting because from the things I found on Sarhan Sarhan was that he wasn't a stupid no, no, no. person. No, no, no. So not at all. Not at all. He was very suggestible. He, is, is that word? Is that right? Very uh, easily suggested to to stuff. But I, but I think you're seeing words. a correlation between Sarhan before accident. And after accident. Right. Which is where he's stating that... He, I'm sorry, not where he's stating, but where his family members are stating they're seeing a change in his behavior and personality after... Uh, okay, so... After the accident. Not to interrupt you, but... So, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Either I'm having deja vu... Okay. Or we discussed this during the JFK situation with Oswald. The suggestibility of Oswald. Did we talk about that? Or am I crazy? I think you're crazy. Hmm. I don't recall that. For the life of me, I remember having this conversation very similar to what you just said. So like, and, and we haven't talked about this at all. So mm -hmm. it can't, it, we had to have talked about this during the, uh, excuse me, Mark, <laughs> during the, the Oswald portion of the JFK situation in the, what were you just saying? He was very susceptible to coercion. Right. But there's a difference between being gullible and susceptible to, um, oh, I'm going to give you an example, modern day example. Okay. Okay. You have a lot of people that are suggestible to what the mainstream media tells them. Right. Right now. Day this day present, right? Without the use of drugs, without the use of hypnosis, without the use of uh, anything, just right torture. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was suggestibility. Trying to the, well, I was trying to think of the three things that they were using the CIA to right. uh, to do that. But they they wholeheartedly believe in the things that you tell them simply because we're telling you. Well, they're the media. We've had, I swear to God, we've had this fucking discussion before. Well, because kind of we, like the moon lane. <laughs> we've oh. talked about MK Ultra before, so that's right. probably where that that's discussion is. Maybe coming. that's where I'm thinking. But I know we talked about this during JFK because we, a very similar situation but, where but he was. Look how easy these people are coerced into wait, believing. What do you mean, these people? <laughs> the people that, that watch your CNNs, your MSNBCs, right. your, your well, ABCs. And that's where you get the triggered. You get the triggered, but look how easy they are coerced into believing this is true. Right. They don't question. And they it's, don't question it's it done because deal. it's just, it's done. It's done. Trump's a bad guy. He did this. He colluded with Russia. He did, even though the evidence is staring you in the fucking face, 
that that did not happen. Folks, it did not happen. I know no one listening to this podcast believes that, but I'm telling you, it did not happen. It was fake. It was false. It was made up. But yet, they 100%, without a doubt, in their heart of hearts, believe that that happened. Right. Because it's being suggested to them that it did. And that is people that have not been under the influence of drugs that we know of. Well, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That have not been hypnotized, that have not been tortured to believe such things. They are just that... Gullible. So do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? The difference between... Now, when they're talking about Sirhan being suggestible, they're saying under hypnosis, this guy can go under at the drop of a hat. Right. He has been conditioned to go under. Which is very telling of him... Okay, I was drinking, uh, I was going to go to my car, and then all of a sudden, I don't remember shit. But I think it's deeper than that. Right. So I think he has the suggestions. Well, God, I don't, I don't want to put my opinions. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not a psychologist. You're but, just psycho. But I'm just psycho. Do you want to get a refill before we start this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going for number five. Oh, we'll be I, back. I hope I don't kill anybody. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll be right back after this brief... Message from, what are we drinking? Tom Collins. Tom Collins. <laughs> right, and we're back. So much for keeping it under uh, two hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much for that. <clears throat> all right, so. Um, well, before the break, I was going to give you. What's going on with these headphones? Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I was going to give you my opinion. I think I'm actually going to save it till the end. Okay. <laughs> so, during the break, during um, making our fifth Tom Collins, <laughs> and oddly enough, don't feel like killing anybody. <laughs> Still don't. Um. So I was talking to you about the the uh, hypnosis tapes. Right. Okay. Uh, these hypnosis tapes were actually, and and the ones that I'm referring to were the ones that were actually made for his. Competency hearing. Okay. So, so they were trying to, to deem that he was not crazy, that he was able to stand trial. Okay. Right? Right. Okay. So they, um, this doctor, hypnotized Sirhan, and they've got him in the moment. Okay. And they actually bring him back to the moment that he's in the kitchen. And they, you know, they're telling him, Sirhan, you're in the kitchen. You know, what's going on? What do you see? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of, you know, dude's chilling in the kitchen, right? I see calamari. Well, he's kind of chilling. And then he says, here comes Mr. Kennedy, or Senator Kennedy, I believe is what he said. Here comes Senator Kennedy. And Sir Han says, what's he doing here? That son of a bitch, what's he doing here? Sir Han says this. Right. And he goes, the son of a bitch. You know, they keep reiterating, saying back to him what he's saying. What about him? You know, what, what, he's, what, and he calls him a cocksucker. Oh, yeah. No, this is a, um. Palate. Well, Palestinian, but, but, um, Judeo. Christian. Right. Because he was a Muslim faith. Right. So he's calling Kennedy a son of a bitch. He's calling him a cocksucker. He's, what's he doing here? Like, like. You're in the hotel where this dude's giving his his speech. Uh, his, his yeah, celebration his, uh, speech. Yeah. 
what's he doing here? Uh, more like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right. In the kitchen. <laughs> right. And so he ke- he starts going into this mantra of, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't what, sir? He can't, he can't, he can't what? He can't supply bombs to Israel? Because ultimately, we, we haven't even discussed this yet. That is the justification why they're saying that he performed this assassination was... Uh, Senator Kennedy was in support of Israel. Right. And he was going to essentially supply them with, I, I believe it was um, some sort of jet fighter. Okay. Okay. So essentially supporting them in the war effort. Right. Against Palestine. And that's their justification of why he did this. Right. Okay. So he, he he's saying over and over again, under hypnosis, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't what? He can't, he can't supply the bombers. You can't let him. You're not going to let him, right, Sirhan? You're not going to... What are you going to do? Reach for your pistol. Reach for your pistol. And they're, they're telling him. Right. And so he does. And he, you know, the guy even says, you know, he's reaching into his waistband. He's, you know, doing this. Right. He's holding his hand out as if to mimic. He, his finger is mimicking pulling the trigger, you know, whatever. Right. Right? <sighs> And hearing these tapes, you're just like, Jesus, you know, either, either this guy's a really good actor, like he's deep in it. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, um, um, and I'm sorry, everything that we equate seems like it goes to a movie. But well, I, oh, I think a lot of the movies are... But there was a movie called Primal Fear. Okay. And it starred uh, Richard Gere. Right. And Edward Norton. Okay. Okay. And in it... Would it be surprising to you for me to tell you that I've never even <laughs> heard of that movie? No. Shocking not. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. And and I don't care if I spoil this for people because it's a fucking old movie. It's <laughs> it's at least 15 years old. So right. if you haven't seen it, that's on you. But in this, uh, Richard Gere, he, he's in a lawyer. Edward Norton is being convicted of killing a priest. Okay. Okay. And in this, Edward Norton is um, seems as if he has a split personality. So he's a very timid, shy, very um, um, passive personality. Okay. But then when he's pressured, flips into this hard, um, take no shit. I'm going to kick your ass, um, badass personality. Right. And essentially, Richard Gere gets him off of the murder charge because of the split personality. Okay. Okay. But then you get to the end of the movie, and Edward Norton was pretending the whole time. Hmm. And he even, he comes out to the lawyer. It's like, it's like something he said in the trial. Like kind of hits on hits in in Richard Gere's mind, and he's like, "But when you were you said this," and he kind of goes, "Shit, you got me," and he's like, "You you played him good, you know whatever," and he realizes I just got this dude off for murder, and and he's he's playing me the whole time, right? So unless Sirhan is pulling that, I I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Right. And the things that's conflicting to me about this case is is the writings. 
the writings are almost like a premeditation. <clears throat> right. From his diary. It's almost like you're seeing the build-up, the premeditation to murder. You see the premeditation to this assassination attempt. or I say attempt. Shit, he carried it out. But that's the thing that I have the hardest time with is the lead-up. So what I want to do now, unless you've got something, I want to, I want to take um, Dr. Brown and his transcript with a hypnosis... Uh, hypnosis... <laughs> a hypnosis session with Sirhan. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so this is Dr. Brown. I asked him. <laughs> what? You're going to help me out there? I'm just. Okay. I asked him to try and recall the night of the assassination. And it took him some time to reconstruct the pieces because it's. It was mostly fragmented, but this is what we found. A couple of guys said, we're going down to this big campaign party at the Ambassador Hotel to, and pick up girls. Do you want to come with us? This is what Sir Heinz remembered under hypnosis. And when he got to the Ambassador Hotel, he was self-conscious because everyone was dressed up and he was not. And it was very hot. He went to the bar to get a drink of water, and he said the bartender looked familiar and gave him a Tom Collins. <laughs> they drink five of them. Oh, or four. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got a little bit drunk because he said it's like lemonade. It creeps <laughs> up on you. True story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, can, I can confirm. <laughs> I'll say this about that. Uh, I feel you, uh, Sirhan, Sirhan, because to me, <laughs> not to totally get off the subject of killing people, but anyway, no. Um, <clears throat> when you made the first one of these, right? I was like, yeah, it's kind of lemony, whatever. Didn't really taste the alcohol. But let me tell you what. He was right. <laughs> right? They sneak up on you. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Sirhan said he went to the car to drive home, but decided he was too drunk. <laughs> I, true. Okay. The one thing, and this is Dr. Brown, but one thing he couldn't get he couldn't remember was how he got the gun. Instead, Sirhan remembered trying to find coffee to help him sober up, and I even told you that. It, right. it was in his mind. I, I, I got to have coffee. I need coffee. I need coffee. He said several times, I had the strong urge for a cup of coffee. Right. Okay. So he traced his way back to the Ambassador Hotel and made it back to the makeshift bar, which tells me it wasn't an actual bar. Okay. It was more like a, we threw this bar up because Senator Kennedy's yeah, Senator, here. Right. And, uh, and he asked the bartender for a cup of coffee. The woman with the polka dot dress was sitting at the bar, talking with the bartender, apparently knowing him. So this, is the, this, this interview right here would be the first time that Sirhan has ever mentioned the, the woman in the polka dot dress. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Brown says she took him behind the anteroom where Kennedy was speaking. Whatever the anteroom is, I have no idea. Where Kennedy was speaking, and there was a coffee urn, much like I was describing. And this was an attractive girl, so he was trying to flirt with her. 
he remembered a man with a clipboard and a badge coming over and saying, you can't stay here. This is a high security region. Take him to the kitchen. She takes his hand and walks him to the kitchen. Now, this is Sirhan's recollection. Okay. So now we've got woman, Sirhan, going to the kitchen. Where, if you remember the testimony of Vincent DiPiero, that he saw the woman with Sirhan in the kitchen, and it was almost like she was holding him. Right. This is why you can't look at this evidence bit by bit. You have to look at it. And a whole. As a whole. Okay. So, Dr. Brown. She kept turning away and looking. This is, this is according to Sirhan under... under um, Hypnosis. She kept turning away and looking. She was very distracted, and it was hard for him to flirt with her. So he's trying to flirt with her. She's kind of got her attention going other places. At some point, people started coming in through the doors. And it was at this point, she goes like this. What are you doing? So like your elbow. My elbow. So she gives him a tap tap, and he said it felt like a pinch in his elbow. Must kill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. I said, did anyone ever give you or suggestions to shoot on command? And then suddenly Sirhan immediately suddenly jumps up like this, takes a stance, and goes... So he goes into like a shooting stance. Right. And is pulling the trigger. Hmm. So the tap tap was the trigger, so to speak. So this is the first time this has come out. So the polka dotted dress lady would be his handler. You would think. Right. Or, or his key. Right. His trigger. His trigger. Right. Okay. Now we figured out that we could trigger him... By either saying the word shoot on command, or I could tap him on the elbow. Hmm. Brown then says. And then we could trigger range mode, what he called range mode. And every time that I would give him the cue, he would jump up and go into range mode. In an altered personality state where he would be shooting in his mind circled targets on the range. I asked Sirhan when he was shooting, did he have any sense of what was going on around him? And all he would say is, all he would say, it was all chaos. And the next thing he remembers is that were people pinning him down and grabbing at his throat. Hmm. Now, according to George Plimpton, who I told you was the, the author slash writer um, that was with the group right. that grabbed Sirhan, he recalls, we finally got him and he was very strong for a small man. But it's very funny. Can you dis And an investigator was asking uh, Mr. Plimpton, can you describe him? All I can tell you, well, I'm sorry, I can tell you all about his eyes. They were dark brown, enormously Peaceful eyes. Hmm. 
he realized, he said, oh my God, I just shot somebody. What does that sound like to you? He was hypnotized. So I told you I would save it for the end. This is pretty much where I'm kind of wrapping it up. I, I, I did have a couple of more things, but we're, we're really kind of running long now. Yes, we haven't even gotten in Charles Man- Manson. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get into the uh, Boston Strangler angle that I no. told you that we had. Um, well, okay. But, but I'm going to give you my interpretation of what I see from the evidence from Dr. Brown, from his many hypnosis um, sessions. sessions from eugene caesar this is my hypothesis <laughs> you know based on the evidence that i've researched and as you said I'm, i've known a little bit about the case i'm going to interrupt you for just a second because no, i'm just reading ahead here on other situations involving mm-hmm. this case and we had talked about this earlier today or yesterday i think it was yesterday <clears throat> um mlk so realistically we're just passing three hours here. Sorry, folks. Um, we might need to. I mean, who would have thunk? We did three and a half hours on JFK. We might need a part two of this, <laughs> and and then lead into the moon landing. <laughs> Could possibly. I'm just saying because there's stuff here that I know we talked about a little bit as much as we didn't really talk about this. Mm-hmm. And in reading, I remember, oh shit! Well, I see James Earl Ray's name popping up. I see How about that? Charles Manson's all over this article I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't even talked about that. We might have to vote an entire episode to Charles Manson. Because I think... Because he kind of is all over the place. It's not he, just this, but... He's all over the place, but look at what they have made him out to. What's the first thing that you think of when somebody says Charles Manson? Like a... Like, m- fuck, crazy, right? Yeah, like crazy-ass murderous yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and everything. Not that I'm reading this article that's in front of me, but everything that I'm just kind of glancing over as you're talking, <laughs> he was in it. He was in it. He, he was, was in deep it. in it. He was deep what in it. What if I told you that Jim Jones was deep in it? Too? Well, <laughs> his name's in here too. This article, I'm going to make sure I save this because, um, this article is, uh, Chris Cott. Oh <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Uh, RFK murder, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to see where I saw that. Um, uh, blah, 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 James Earl Ray, CIA, uh, hype, 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 no, con, con, Jesus Christ. The word's about this long. Right, of course. Hype, 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 hype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not having a stroke. You need me to be your hype man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, flavor, flavor, hit me with it. <laughs> hype, no conditioner. Mm-hmm. Dr. William Joseph Bryan Jr. Bryant. Yeah, he's a very interesting character as well. But I, not to get into that, um, JFK, I'm sorry, not JFK, uh, MLK, mm-hmm. um, I'm just kind of hitting highlights here. Um, his That particular gentleman's suspicious suspicious death in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the, um, Joseph Bryant, mm-hmm. Dr. Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, go back to Alice, or I'm sorry, Alan Dulles. Mm-hmm. Uh, experimenting with the use of LSD and hypnosis to program assassins mm-hmm. called Project MK Ultra or Artichoke or Bluebird, right? Or Gay So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, Charles Manson again, having spent most of the time in Southern Cal, uh, 
<laughs> hyper hype no conditioning was employed in the Bay of Pigs and Bay. I mean, as much as we can sit here and say conspiracy theories, we can name conspiracy theories. We can say JFK. We can say 9-11. We can say moon landing. We can say whatever. And people be like, oh, yeah, okay, JFK, blah, blah, blah. Moon landing, blah, blah, blah. 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Who would have thunk? That they all have the same tie. Well, not even that, but who would have thunk that when you get into the Robert Kennedy, some dude, I, I don't want to say he was some dude, but the brother of some dude that was assassinated, running for president, was killed for for some reason. Well. And then you find all this other stuff. Castro interrogators, CIA, mafia hit teams. I'm just glancing over this article that I have here. <laughs> lady in the polka dot address. Another lady in a polka dot address. Um, like I said, I'm not reading this line for line. I'm just kind of skipping to see Clee. I mean, Charles Manson is all over this article. Right. And and to not to be ignorant of Charles Manson, but what I know of Charles Manson is the swastika in the head, crazy Manson family. Uh, I want to say one of the Beach Boys was involved <laughs> somewhere along <laughs> Brian Wilson or something, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm right, right? <laughs> well, when you say involved, well, he wasn't involved. Shit, what did I just do? He's in the story. Yes, he he is part of the Charles Manson saga. Right, right, song, right. I hope. He killed 26 people. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. With his, with his music. <laughs> right. Oh, come on. He's giving out good vibrations. I'm just saying. I think you're right. I think realistically, we go ahead and finish up what you're going to say about Robert F. Kennedy and Sirhan Sirhan. Wrap it up. Then. Maybe, as much as I want to talk about the moon landing, I'm I'm telling you the maybe C maybe the, we go into the MK Ultra, uh, maybe MK because that's another thing I was going to say is everything I'm seeing about um <laughs> this just popped up too everything I'm seeing about Charles Manson is in conjunction with MK Ultra so maybe. The next DTOM file is MK Ultra. MK Ultra, Charles Manson and MK Ultra, or something, because okay. he's obviously he's very in, deep involved in, in this. He isn't just some dude no, 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 no. that had some like the Manson family, blah blah blah, whatever. No, Sh no. Shannon Tate and all this shit. That, right. I mean, I'm gonna make sure I save this fucking article. That's for damn sure. Right. But um, I, I think the deeper that you get in it, you'll find out that Charles Manson got a lot of his training. From the CIA, it from looks the like. CIA. And, and <laughs> present. So, so just just real quick, this little mm -hmm. this I'm so this article I have is uh, I've been scrolling. You've seen me scroll. I'm this far into the article. I'm not even halfway through the article. So there's a portion here. It's called a programmer. Mm -hmm. Present at the LAPD deprogramming sessions was a was the hypnotist who claimed to have programmed. James Earl Ray and Sir Han to forget their roles. And that would be William Bryant. Right? And, and, oh, he already knows. Yeah. Well, um, and the assassination of King and RFK, the Los Angeles CIA consultant, Dr. William Joseph Bryan Jr. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, Bryan was also, maybe, I don't know, you're smart, <laughs> but do you know this? He was a technical consultant. For what? Okay. 
for Sinatra film, the Manchurian Candidate. How about that? How about that? Soon after his visits with several Los Angeles hypnosists, one of which Brian claimed was himself, Ray went to Memphis and allegedly killed King. And and I'm thinking, mm. and then subsequently King, or I'm sorry, not King, but Brian, Doctor Brian. Yeah, he he was he died under suspicion. Right. Uh, suspicion so I'm gonna make sure I save this article. So he died under mysterious circumstances in the spring of '77. At this time, when JFK case was reopened, key witnesses and conspirators everywhere. This is JFK now. This isn't even Robert. Conven- right. So he was involved in JFK's situation um at the time the jfk case was reopened key witnesses and conspirators everywhere conveniently died such as john uh rossellini or roselli and sam giancana giancano giancana yeah these are these are mafia bosses right and mm-hmm. brian's case the coroner Determined he died of natural causes before any autopsy was performed. Now, the thing that I'll say about William Bryan is that he was his own best um, publicist. And for somebody that was involved in, say, clandestine operations as such, right? he was very much putting himself out there. Right. So, I wonder... We'll have to dig into that. You know what I mean? Right. Someone that's so mainstream um, and, 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 and putting their name, oh, I did this and I did that. Because he also, he also made the claim that he's the one that uh, programmed Sirhan Sirhan. Right. So, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm kind of like, he's kind of iffy to me. Right. But he is definitely worth a uh, a look into. I got to make sure I don't lose this page. Okay. So ultimately, let's uh, let's let's. Um, well, I will say this about uh, William Joseph Bryan since you brought it up. This is a little uh, little never known nugget. I had no idea, and I barely came across this myself. Okay. Okay. So you're speaking of uh, Doctor William Joseph Bryant, right? Uh, he actually had ties to Albert DeSalvo. Do you know who that is? No. That is uh, who was convicted of the Boston Strangler murders. Okay. In the Boston area in the 60s. Right. Uh, essentially what happened there, for people that don't know, that don't follow true crime, uh, there were several murders that happened in the Boston area where women were strangled to death. Uh, they were posed in their... In their um, houses there whatever and it seemed as if there was no forced entry so it's almost like the person talked their way into the building right and uh and killed them ultimately albert DeSalvo was convicted of the murders he was uh, uh i don't i don't want to say a handyman what was he he was something something like a handyman uh 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 Electrician, handyman types. He, right. he wore kind of like a uniform. Okay. And so ultimately they said this is how this guy was getting in 
uh, in these situations, he was kind of talking his way in. Oh, we have something going on in your in your house. We I need to come in and check it. Blah 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 right. whatever. Blah blah blah. So he was talking his way into these women's houses and then strang- ultimately strangling, killing them, posing them, doing these things. Okay. All right. So here's the odd thing about that. There are portions of Sirhan Sirhan's diary that talked about killing DeSalvo. Okay. Much in the same tone that RFK must die, there was also DeSalvo must die. Hmm. So, when you talk about Dr. William Joseph Bryant, um, he had ties to both people. Right. Now, I will say this. DeSalvo was located in Boston. Sirhan, California. Right. So, the two should have never known, and much like I was asking you this morning, how many people were approximately in the population in 1968? Yeah, I 1960s? Guess, yeah, I guess it was 200 million. 200 million guessing. people. Okay, we'll take it on the low estimate, 200 million people. Right. What are the chances that a guy over on the West Coast knows a serial killer, a guy who shoots a senator, presidential hopeful, assassinated, would know a serial killer in the Boston area? Right. <clears throat> Slim to none? Slim to none. Um, I would say there was a better chance that Sirhan Sirhan knew Charlie Manson than he would know Albert DeSalvo. So why is he writing about him in his diary? Okay. Crazy, yeah, um, crazy stuff. Oh, so 179 million. Okay. So, just so I was right. I said 200 million. Yeah. And you, you, you actually questioned me on that. You said, yeah, I did. I, that I thought it would be a little bit more, but nevertheless... So one in uh, how much? One hundred seventy-nine million. Yeah, say one hundred eighty. Yeah. Okay. So, nevertheless, um, well, to wrap this up because we went extremely long with this episode. Yes. That's what we do. Didn't really mean to. You're slacking. Oh shit! Get to drinking. <coughs> um. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll end it here. Well, I, I want to give you my opinion. Okay. I don't care. Oh. Good enough. We'll see you next week, folks. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, um, next week? Uh, two weeks. Oh. Here's my opinion. Oh, it's like pink lemonade. I think... I think... <laughs> Do you? I think. <laughs> therefore, I am. Therefore, I am. <laughs> Gay tart. I think Sirhan was conditioned that day... I think he spent his time at the range because he was conditioned to do so. Right. Um, I think he was conditioned to go to the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to be at the ambassador. He was put in that position to be there. I'd be real interested to see about these guys that asked him if he wanted to go to party, go to a party at right. the ambassador hotel. Uh, I think the woman in the polka dot dress and the bartender were, were his. both plants. Right. They were there for a reason. They were his triggers. They were his handlers. Right. I think um, the, the the fact that he got to his car, retrieved his gun, but the only thought in his mind was, coffee. I need coffee. And I need to go back to the hotel. So that, to me, that's an implant in your head. Right. You can't get that out of your head. Um, I think once he got... No, see, there... Therein lies, I think there's a difference between suggestion and the programming. 
So he's got the suggestion, I need coffee, I need to go back to the hotel, whatever. Oh, that's a really pretty woman. I think I'm going to go up flirt with her or whatever. Like, I'm going to stay near her. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Right. That's a suggestion. The programming comes when she taps him on the elbow. Now you're locked in. You, you've got a specific task at hand. And, I, and I, I'd almost be willing to bet that the polka dotted dress had something to do with it. I think it was a, a visual trigger. Well, uh, to, to, to identify, identifier, maybe. identifier. There you, there you go. go. So she taps him on the arm, triggers him into this. Kind of like the, uh, like when we talk about, uh, naked gun with the watch, right? Type situation. Right. He's got a task at hand that he's been programmed to do. Right. He's got suggestive to bring him to that area He's got a program once he's there. It'd be interesting to... This is just something to think about. Going into the next story for our number 20 of this <laughs> part. No. Um, if we're going to do the next show based around MK Ultra, mm -hmm. Charles Manson, and whatnot, it'd be interesting to know the events leading up to... Like, do we know... As far as Sirhan's Sirhan, how did he? How did he get the trigger mechanism implanted in his brain? Well, so I speak? think that's where he came from. His accident. Okay. So he he had his horse accident where he was kicked off the horse or whatever. And and they just saw an e easy target. They saw an easy target that was probably very suggestible. Now there is there is some suggestion that he was pr practicing even with. His um, the people in the stables self hypnosis. Right. Yeah. So maybe I was he was. That. Yeah. So maybe he was identified as being someone who was interested in this type of thing. This is why I was telling you we needed to look into the Rosicrucian because he was sending off for this. It, stuff. And that's what I'm saying. That's and because it, it goes into Illuminati. I mean, there's a lot of shit. That's that's what I'm saying. It's it, interesting when you start looking this shit up. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, but no, no, no. you ahead. talk about JFK. Like I said, the obvious conspiracy theories mm -hmm. that everybody, anybody that knows a little bit about anything, mm -hmm. especially people that are our age or older, you mentioned JFK, moon landing, more recent 9-11, you know, those types of things. People can give you their opinions. Oh, I heard it might have been CIA. It might have been this. It might have been that. No one talks like when you and I had this conversation two weeks ago about RFK and I was like well okay cool so we'll talk about him and then once we get him out of the way we'll go into the moon landing because <laughs> if you if you guys recall on the last show we talked about how I personally believe NASA, believed NASA had something to do with Kennedy's <laughs> interestingly enough not to totally get off on a separate tangent I was listening to a podcast <laughs> about the moon landing conspiracy and this gentleman who wrote a book, I told you what it was, Man, Moon Man. Yeah. I can't recall his name. Pardon me. I'm five Tom Collins in. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, he suggested that when when Sputnik, and I, we talked about this on, on uh, JFK version, when Sputnik went up, blah, 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 then we sent up John Glenn, orbit the Earth, and then Kennedy comes out, I'm going to send a man to the moon, you know? And NASA's like, what the fuck? 
We this, barely just got a guy in the space. This dude, a <laughs> uh, guy from Life Man, I can't think of his name now, Robert something or another, wrote a book, Man on the Moon or Moon Man or whatever. And I was listening to a podcast that he was on, pimping his book, blah, blah, blah. And he was referring to all of the moon landings being fake. And he kind of, like I told you today, I was like, obviously a fan of the show. Now, granted, that podcast was probably like a year old, so whatever. But um, he made mention to the fact that when Kennedy made that statement about going to the moon, putting a man on the moon, I should say, they were going, you know, now it's saying he's not suggesting that NASA had him bumped off, but he's not not saying it either. Right. <laughs> but anyway, point being is, those are the obvious conspiracy theories. To me, this shit is super interesting. I told you it was a lot deeper than For what. the fact that once you start digging that shit, but initially, before we before you started digging most of this shit up, I was like, cool, we'll, we'll cover him for 20, 30 minutes, and we'll go on the moon landing. So with that being said, you are we good? Well, you... Just to finish up. Okay. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, no, no. So I think he was programmed to be there. I think, I th- I'm sorry. I think he was conditioned to be there. He was programmed to carry out a certain action. Okay. This is my thought. This is my personal opinion. Right. My personal hypothesis. I don't think that Sirhan killed Kennedy. I think he was there. I think he was the ready made Patsy. Patsy. I think he went in. Guns a blazing. I'm not saying that he didn't pull out a gun and start shooting. I'm right. not saying that he. I think that accounts for eight of the shots that went around the room. Right. But I think ultimately, if you look at the trajectory of the shots, you look at the the uh, trajectory uh, evidence, you look at the ballistic evidence. I think ultimately, I'm not saying that he was. I'm not saying that he was purposely killed, but if he was, that's a whole different line of conspiracy to go down that, that they paid this so-called last-minute bodyguard to come in and, and kill the senator. You know what I'm saying? But but could it have been... And see, but, but if they put Sirhan in that place doing that, you've got to have this outcome. Right. So then it would have to be... Well, I'm sure... It wouldn't be by accident. So I, I said early, I said earlier, what if this security guard dude went to pull his gun and, and fucking yeah, Barney think, fiped his way in and, and killed the senator? I you think if anyone saying? Barney fiped it was Sirhan Sirhan. Could, based on what we just did when we weren't recording, I but, think... But based on the evidence of all these hypnosis sessions, do you, honest to God, think that this dude just had a... I'm just so pissed off at Kennedy that I'm going to go I think he was the perfect, he much in the sense of of Oswald. But he was the perfect Patsy. Right. Because Oswald defected, blah, blah, blah. That didn't know he was a Patsy. Right. Here's an interesting thing. And I'm going to leave you with this. And this is my last thought on this. And I understand it's a movie. (laughs) But from watching The Maturian Candidate, even in the movie... They're lying when they're trying to tell somebody because what essentially what's happening is is they're having these dreams, and what it is is their subconscious trying to come through of what happened to them is trying to come out, 
And every single time, they're saying, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Same thing that Sirhan was adamant about. Right. I would rather be found guilty. I would rather plead guilty than for the court to find me crazy. Right. Because I'm not crazy. Which is interesting because he is crazy. No. Well. But it's interesting because of this doctor involved in this whole situation. Not only was he involved in the this case, but he was also a fucking uh, contributor or whatever to the movie. You, a contributor to the movie, but you don't even have to give a specific doctor. And that's my point. People want to call this a conspiracy. People want to call this crazy. They want to call it uh, tin foil hat type stuff. That's fine. MK Ultra was real. They've so much as admitted it. They destroyed all the files. If there was nothing to hide, the CIA would not have destroyed the files for MK Ultra. They would not have had come had to come forward and admit it. They would not had Bill Clinton wouldn't have had to get up and apologize to Frank Olson's family for his death, for the role of the government in his death, and would not have had to have settled a lawsuit with that family. Had it not been for the fact that MK Ultra was real. It happened. They did that shit. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about this and people still think it's loony. I just gave you the scenario of a, uh, earlier in the show of a CIA official that programmed his secretary to kill another secretary. Right. And achieved it. Not killing her but programming her to do so. If you don't think that they're doing this, they're doing it. They're doing it. They have done it. They're probably still doing it. Because that was the 1950s. Guys, we're in the 2020s. If you think they've stopped what they're doing, they haven't. Right. And if anything... I'm sorry. I just stumbled upon some more information here. If, if anything, they've gotten more emboldened. Yeah. Because something I just came up is more, so more current, not current like today, but well, within the last twenty years, thirty same. years. Whew. So, anyways, it's a deep rabbit hole. I, I just like I said to reiterate. I think it's interesting. We can talk about key, um, notable historical, whatever you want to say, conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. This is a conspiracy theory, and it's this big. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about to, your penis. Com- compared but, to. Oh. But I, this RFK situation is the tip of the iceberg of how deep. And this is why I told like, you I <laughs> thought this one was more interesting than It the is RFK. because, because okay, Sarhan, Sarhan killed RFK, whatever. But it's not even about that. It's about everything about that and how deep the studies of the what's it called mk ultra project artichoke Mm -hmm. goes the programmed assassin this is (laughs) from what i'm reading like i said this article is very interesting and i'm not reading it line for line i'm just kind of scanning through it it it's current Mm -hmm. 
This is something they started back in the 60s, and it's current. No, they started this in the 50s. Well, I'm just or saying. 40s, even. Well, a lot of it was, I'm sorry, when they enacted it. Started in 1949 with Alan Dulles. Right. <laughs> but um, because another name just popped up, and I, I, I shouldn't say his name because I, I haven't read. Well, keep it. The, the keep situation. It. We're gonna, Holy we're gonna, shit. We're going to deep dive into it. We're going to have to because yeah, this fucking article is for real, dude. There you go. Um. Yeah, Thane Eugene Caesar. Again. Hired security guard, right? Uh, <laughs> detested the Kennedys. We spoke about this Absolutely. earlier, right? Also, we talked about it. He he was part of the uh, George Wallace... Uh, mm-hmm. Desegregation. Right. Uh, Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah. It's crazy how you could just kind of start looking for shit on the internet. What pops up in this article is fucking forever. It goes into Daryl Gates, LAPD. Hmm. It goes into... goes into something that kind of got mixed up. Mafia. I don't know. I'll read more about this article. Because I said this article is fucking long as okay. shit. Well, we hope but, you've been... So, yeah. What we'll do is we'll, we'll end it here. Okay. RFK. Whatever. <laughs> Draw your own conclusion. <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> um, I'd almost even say that RFK was killed because, well, obviously because his last name was Kennedy. I, I, I know this for a fact. I know Robert Kennedy never believed the Warren Commission report. Right. and He, he, sa- he said well, as much. And I even had the video we talked about. I played it right. to you, but we didn't play where, it on here. Where he, he, where he confronted LBJ. About it. About it. Um. He didn't believe the Warren Commission. He believed that LBJ had something, something to do, to do with, with, with but, uh, but his brother's he death. he was not going to stop right. until he found the people that killed his brother. And it kind of makes you wonder if that was kind of part of his motivation for running I, for president. Because, you know, you hear about the president, I think, the I, Book of Secrets type thing. I think, it, I think it was twofold. I think, one, I think he wanted to find his brother's killer, and he needed the power to do to so. Do so. And two, I think he wanted to carry on his brother's legacy of, of what he was doing. What he was doing, and um, they. Well, but let me ask is. you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. So our number four. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm no, I'll, I'll wrap this up. And I'm I'm sorry for going so long, but as much as JFK and his policies and the things that you know about him, Bobby was deemed the bulldog. Right. He was the one that once he sunk his teeth into something, the way he went at the mob, the way he went at, at, uh, at Giancano, the way that he went at Hoffa, the way he, he went at these guys. These guys were powerful people, and he talked to them like they were fucking nothing. Right. Like, I'll bitch slap you right here. I don't give a right. shit. Right? You want this guy finding president. out, being president it's, and having it's the almost, power? It's almost... To find out who was behind his brother's death, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we can end it with this. It's almost Trumpian, <laughs> in the sense of remember when him and Hillary had the debate, and she was like, "And this is the guy you want in charge of the, uh, you know, whatever, right? The FBI and whatever." And he's like, "Yeah, you'd be in jail." Yeah, it's kind of a similar situation. Yeah, but I think I think the president's been kind of neutered since then. Oh yeah, I, think I mean, I think, I think I think back in '68, it right. would have been a different situation, obviously. Right. And the CIA and those people 
were just getting started in their fuckery. And they knew they needed these guys, JFK, RFK, out of the way. Right. And uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So I think what we'll do is we'll end it here. And uh, in a couple of weeks, two weeks, hopefully we'll be back with another session of the Detom Files. And I think what we'll do, and I like ending like this just because, well, I think I like ending like this because we talked about this last two weeks ago. And then you went fucking haywire on information. And here we are three hours and 40 minutes into the show. So we're starting the moon landing. All right. right, So the moon landing, right? Swiss cheese. No. I think we'll skip moon landing. Okay. As much as I want to get into that, but that's an obvious conspiracy. Okay. I think we just go we right into MK we Ultra. back in we come off of off of this because RFK JFK lead into the next situation. MK Ultra slash Charles Manson slash MLK <laughs> Caesar evidently is a lot deeper into the situation than we're giving him credit to. John that, Lennon. Well, yeah. But I'm um, that thing, that Caesar guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all over this article mm-hmm. for just being some random, no bit fucking security guard. He's in the mix. Wow. So, yeah, we'll get into that in two weeks. Um, sugar water. Because <laughs> we didn't even talk about Illuminati and Freemasonry no, 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 and no. Rosicrucians no, no. and gay sex and no, 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 no. Oh. everything. No. Yeah. Interesting. We could literally sit here for another two hours and do a show. You know that? All right. On our <laughs> Tom Collins number six. Let's do it. <laughs> no. We got to go to work. Not now. <laughs> we got to go to work. <laughs> Finish your drink. We got to go to work. Oh, you can drink that? You can eat that like that? What, lemon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been soaking in alcohol all day. <laughs> I'm afraid. All right, guys. Um, with that being said, it is Friday. <laughs> Uh, February 25th, 2022. Don't look at your watch. I know we're recording it a day early, but it's Friday. <laughs> it's not Friday. It's Thursday. But it's Thursday. We're calling it Friday. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day, and I'll see you back here Sunday with uh, World War III, I'm sure. I don't know what the hell's going on. I haven't really watched the news today. And uh, Chris will be back in another week or two. I mean, it depends on how freaking riled up he gets on MK Ultra. He might be back next Friday. <laughs> If his, if his uh, liver can handle it, right? Back. So what are we drinking for MK Ultra? <laughs> LSD, LS, We're doing LSD and uh, cocaine. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> People at work are be like, huh, they were doing LSD. I don't know. I might, I might go back into these or some, uh, I don't know, whatever. We'll figure it out. All right, guys, you have a great day. Um, it's Friday. <laughs> two two five two two. Hmm. Have a great day. You got anything? Yeah, you closing it out. What you got? Thanks for listening. All right, take care, MK Ultra, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Well, I'll see you Sunday, but we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a great day. <laughs>